Motorcycles and Misfits here Where? in the Recycle Garage. Where? In sunny Santa Cruz, California. Cool, blimey, Gov. <laughs> I thought you were going to chime in there, Emma. No, I'm saying nothing. <laughs> you look, your lips were locked and loaded. Yeah, they were. Well, you know, I mean, I'm just happy to be here. You know that. I, I do know that. Hey, everyone. Uh, in the house tonight, you have me. This is Liza, and I am strange. <sighs> This is Emma Darling, and I will second that. <laughs> On the Pretty Girl Couch tonight, you just heard her. We've got Miss Emma. Darlings. Also on the Pretty Girl Couch tonight, we've got Z Traveler. Hey, everyone. And over on the train side of the room, all by his lonesome. Woo woo. We've got Henry. The Gootsie is back. The Gootsie is back. That's right. And handsome as ever. So. Well. <laughs> So let's just catch up real quick on you, Henry, because listeners what? know that you've crashed some bikes and you got some new bikes and you're getting really good at not getting hurt at it. So that's good. <laughs> no, no. Uh, that's a good skill. you got the Motoguzzi back. I'm going to yes, step in. Uh, I'm going to step in. Henry's, Henry's days of crashing are over. From this point forward, from this point forward, Henry, you are going to be a model of rectitude on a bike. Yeah, it's been 31 days, over 31 days since my last crash. So, so there you are then. Z, he has totaled three bikes this year. Well, I, well, to be fair, I haven't totaled them. You I mean, were like a good the one to get riding the bike being totaled. So yes. Earnest crasher. Um, but you got the Moto Guzzi back. How, what's its condition? It's good for the most part. I talked to Phil at Cleveland Moto and thankfully it does not have frame, extensive frame. It does not have any frame damage to it. It does have extensive frame damage well, to it. Well, the, the, Emma, the swing arm is part of the frame, yes? Well, yeah, I mean, you could argue it is. Um, but funnily enough, I don't see that as being structural. I mean, it's ugly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm still amazed there's a dent in the swing arm yeah it looks like you could fit a, like a baseball into that yeah you know it, no it's smaller than that but yeah. it's a it's a very interesting dent and it was made by an infinity coupe some g35 g37 i don't know some somebody turned left into me and that and hit me and that's what caused me to go down so but it's and, an interesting little dent but i mean the bike is whole and you've got some rashed luggage and rashed oh the luggage ra- was uh rash beforehand just oh. because i'm a idiot okay <laughs> thank you for sharing that uh, but you got it back how does it feel to ride it again oh it's so great that's my bike that is there's no question like uh, the aprilia futura i got it's a great bike but i get on the good scene it's just like i'm back at home how does it make you feel very motosexual ah there it is oh <laughs> henry's gonna have to excuse himself <laughs> emma you're you want to talk you were very motosexual about your bike your oh. gootsie oh i love my gootsie it's a dual gootsie day it is a dual gootsie day which is a very unusual day but you know um there's something very special about goozies there really is yeah. um and it's it's a very visceral experience there's a lot of noise there's a lot of vibration but when you're actually riding it the vibration kind of falls away 
But it's very much an experience. I mean, you don't just ride an, a, a goozy, you experience one. It's a very reassuring uh, feedback from the bike. I, I don't mean to embarrass you, but I did notice every time you start that bike, your nipples get erect. Oh, yeah, they do. <laughs> no, I mean, it really affects me in the best way, darling. Um, but it, it is the closest I've ever cut. And bear in mind, I've never ridden a locomotive. But if I was to sit astride a locomotive, I think that's the experience it would be, is riding yeah. that goozy. And when I say erect, I mean, you're a walking coat rack. I am a walking coat rack. Thank you, darling. <laughs> I'm glad you noticed. It just made my day. And so, I mean... If any if any listeners actually encounter me on the street when I'm riding my goosey, you need to be aware that this is the state I'm in. So, you know, take appropriate action, darling. Probably offering me gin's the best bet. <laughs> we have a lot of gin. I Thanks know, to listeners. I know that. Have a lot Don't of gin. send me any more for now. <laughs> Bottled water would be nice. Yeah, maybe, well, they maybe. start sending rum and I'll take it off your hands. Okay, very good. Rum. Maybe oh, some rum and whiskey would be... Uh, or tequila. No. Tequila's fun. No. Always in the podcast. Let's just give a thanks to Tom who came and stocked our fridge today with alcoholic and non-alcoholic And you know, yeah. God bless you, Tom. Thank you, dear. Because usually people come in and, oh, we brought you something to drink. And it's alcohol of some description. It's either beer. Beer's always number one, isn't it? But people bring in hard liquor. And as, as fun as that is, I mean, if we're working hard, and especially if we're riding home like I am tonight... I don't want to drink anything when I'm at Misfits. So actually having just like non-alcoholic drinks is great. So he came in with a soda water. I know. It was very nice. Hmm. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it was nice um, to have Tom down here today. We saw him up at the the Moto Bay Classic. And um, as we saw a lot of people, that was a lot of fun. But also he's been talking with um, Jim and I about doing a Baja trip. He's doing the the Yosemite ADV trip with us next month. And then we're planning like a winter Baja trip. Right. Ooh. That'll be awesome. I know. I know. Well, he, he shares the same bike as Z here. So That's I'm what I was about to say. On, on what you're riding. But in my opinion, one of the, one of the best <coughs> dual sport bikes you can buy right now. It's so superior to a KLR 650 in every way. <laughs> now, I'm curious about this. So, Z, what do you and Tom both ride? We have a Honda CB500X, and mine just happens to be the 13 when they finally brought the line back. So, um, you know, I've heard people talk about this as an adventure bike, and when I have looked at them, they didn't really look like an adventure bike, just like the V-Strom doesn't look like an adventure bike. <laughs> it's not, I mean, it needs, it needs more stuff. Honda really screwed up. I think they, they should have put the bike off the line with more capabilities. A 17-inch front tire is the most stupidest thing I've That's ever heard in my life. my point. I can't buy most dual-sport tires for it. But as far as the engine's concerned, the reliability, the power, the weight-to-power um, ratio, the way it's balanced, I mean, it can do everything. It's just so much money if you want to do the suspension upgrades that it should have came off with them to begin with, the panniers. No one's making parts for it yet. But it's going to get there. It's going to get there. So basically, it's a modern Honda Transalp, is what you're saying. Right. Kind of, yeah. But, you know, interestingly enough, in Europe, they take that bike a lot more seriously. And you can get a lot of stuff from that Well, most bike. countries do. Um, they're hu hugely popular, because I'm a admin on one of the CB500X forums <laughs> on Facebook, on top of the, all the other groups that I'm admin of. And um, most of our members are from India. 
actually. Oh. Really? It's a huge bike in India. Oh, and, I can believe that. And it's pretty huge in South America, too. Most of the countries sell a lot of them. They just didn't send enough here because all of the Japanese companies don't think that Americans want smaller bikes because, you know, we're so obsessed with the large ones. But the new riders coming up do want a small, light, nimble commuter. No replacement for displacements. So, but what I've heard mm-hmm. from everyone is that you have to get the, like, the adventure kit or the rally kit. Ah, you it. don't have to do anything. Really? It's it's all about the riding capabilities. I mean, the XR200, which is what I'm taking to South America, doesn't have the, the biggest clearance. It's a trail riding bike. You know, the CB500X is not a <laughs> jumping bike, and you know, you're going to go race on it. Like, the CRF is designed, you know, with the long suspension and the 50,000 inches off the ground. It's It's a bike that's capable of just putting around... In the woods. Emma, why aren't we talking about this bike more? It's a good-looking bike. It's a great-looking bike. And to me, this looks... I'm going to put it in the same vein as, like, the Versus. Like, it's a bike that is made to possibly do a lot of things, but you're probably going to do a lot of street riding. Let me tell you something about that engine. Um, It's a newer engine for Honda. Um, It's been around... Oh, gosh. Seven years. Six, seven years. And it comes in various bikes. And the irony is, in America, my least favorite version of that engine is the most popular. And it doesn't mean it's a bad bike, but it's my least favorite for my style of riding. And it comes in the 500 Rebel. And, <laughs> and it's a, the Rebel is a very capable bike, but if you... My argument, and it, it's the same with a lot of bikes, and the Triumph Bob is the same way. Your feet are forward and your hands are forward, so you kind of fold it in half a little bit. And I find it very, very uncomfortable. Um, the My Guzzi, which was built for me, has the best way of describing it. Somebody said it's got a Spider-Man crouch, and that's actually how you ride it. You do the Spider-Man crouch. Your arms are up and your feet are back, which is very comfortable for me. But... The 500 Rebel is a very popular bike. Next in line in terms of popularity is the CB500. Um, and it's just, it's kind of a standard, but it's kind of a very modern looking standard. The F sells more actually out of the three. Right. Because it comes in three. It comes in an R, F, and X. And it's um, in order that would be the naked, the street, and the dual sport. And the street is the most likely one to sell because right. the young generation likes the commuters. Right. We've been doing a lot with the rebels but the the f selling well they just brought out one with a restyled fairing on it a big full fairing which looks like it might be a really nice bike but the best of them all is the x and it's the least popular of the the three and it it, they're hard to find they're hard to like there's they're hardly selling here at all right and if you, you hardly, like, I always want to go into a shop and see if they even have one because I want someone who knows my engine. And, of course, you know, I like to see them on the showroom floor and hardly ever in a dealership. Do you see one on the floor? Well, and there's a reason for that. I mean, we had we had two of them on the showroom floor and they kind of hung around for a while. And I think one got sold to somebody who absolutely loves it. And the other one went out as a dealer trade. But they were on our showroom floor for like nine months, oh. which is for ever in terms of a dealership that is that's funnily enough we, we have a consignment one right now so if you want to upgrade to a very low mileage one so my only no fun. issue with this bike <clears throat> like many other bikes is when when they say oh this bike is great all you have to do is this 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 and this to yeah but that's perfect. true of any bike no but i'm looking at pictures online of this bike with the rally kit that's the 21 inch front wheel and that looks like an awesome bike 
it is. I just wish that they had just done that from the start. They're probably going to do it and and try to get to convince everyone to get rid of their old ones to get the new one when they say, oh, we put it out the way it should have came out to begin yeah, with. Yeah, that Depends looks like what you want, a legit bike. And the X is supposed to be dual sport. It should have came off prepared exactly. for what they, they're selling it as. And that's why I bought the KLR because it comes with the 21-inch front wheel. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, though, is that you look at most dual sport or adventure bikes for that matter, People ride them on the street like 90% of the time. So Honda was probably thinking the same thing, which is why they put a 17 on it instead of an actual 21. But we also know Honda's not very good at listening to their, their fan base either. They they do what they think that everyone wants. They don't oh, actually yeah. listen to what we're saying. Oh, yeah. this is, I mean, as a Honda fan, you know, I've been wanting a V4 uh, super bike for years, but, you know, that's never going to happen. Right. You, you know, Honda's mantra from day one, and, I mean, this is just how Sushiro Honda operated. We are going to make a motorbike for everyone. We don't care who you are. We don't care what your demographic or your income level. We don't care whether you're a man or a woman, old, young. We're going to attempt to make a bike that will appeal to you. And ultimately, it does tend to dilute the range because you come up with some pretty strange ideas (laughs) because it's got a foot in so many camps. Um, Let's talk about the price, though. I oh, mean, they're cheapest. The cheapest chips. Six sixty six hundred starting, um, sixty nine hundred for ABS. I mean, this is an excellent price, especially when people are looking at the Yamahas, and you know the FCO right. FCO seven FCO nine. Um, as you know, being an affordable bike, this is an even more affordable bike. I'm I'm kind of digging it now that I'm looking into it. I just think they should have if they're making the three versions and i looked up the r and that looks kind of like a duke they're supposed to be they're specialized and they should have been specialized more exactly but let's talk a little bit more about what brought you here so um it seems like we've mutually had people refer yeah, each back of us and to one another. Exactly. So hey, I had you a listener. Talk, you need to talk to Liza. And they're yeah. over there like, hey, you should talk to Z. Yeah, yeah. I had a listener say, hey, you need to find out about this chick, Z Traveler. I'm like, okay, I'm interested by the name alone. <laughs> Let's check this out. And you happen to be um, in on a pit stop, we'll call it. It's a pit stop. Uh, I call it kind of a staycation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because my full-time job is a traveler. And uh, it's kind of hard to convince people or to, to get people to understand that like I travel more of the year than I work. Right. So when I stop to work, I get to enjoy awesome things that normal people get to enjoy all days, like, oh, bathrooms and refrigerators and microwaves and toasters, and I don't have to make camp every night. So to me, it's like I get to take it easy for a while. You're basically living the life most mo- most bikers wish they could. Oh, God, yeah. So oh, yeah. you've become a moto traveler, and we've had other moto travelers in here, Um who choose that life i mean and look at um you know a lot of a lot of people we talk to end up being on the road like a couple years carmel who carmel's a great example she's continued she set out for a year Mm -hmm. hey carmel's back in town yeah i know know for a fact she's in carmel valley right now hey carmel come and visit us next week i had dinner with her this week very good la di da tra la la -la. um so uh, people tend to like set out like they they carve time in their life like i'm going to take a year off and go do this thing and then it keeps going stephanie you another one she managed to do three years i was about to say stephanie that's the perfect example i mean she didn't set out to travel the world on her scooter no but there she is but she the life came upon her and then you have uh some of the people like simon and lisa thomas who are what now 14 years in 
I think. I know oh. of them, yes. And they only set out for like a year. So this is a life. It is a lifestyle. Well, the life either chooses you or it doesn't, and you also choose it. It makes or breaks you. So not everyone can keep this up for long term because it's it. The longer you go, it can get harder and it gets easier at the same time. So let's go back and find out how you fell into this life. And let's start with, where are you from? I was born and raised in Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I'm an Okie, but not from Muskogee. What, what part of Oklahoma? <laughs> the city. The city. I was, I was born and raised in uh, suburbia, pretty much. So pretty safe neighborhood of cop, overprotective cop for a grandmother and a meth head for a mother. I unfortunately once had to spend a few days in Elk City, Oklahoma. There's nothing there. Because my Volkswagen broke down and they don't keep foreign auto parts in Elk City. Elk City's coming up now, but yeah, (laughs) in in the last decade, before that, it was was a gas stop. Yeah, no, it was was, was quaint. But um, so how did you get into riding? Uh, I had a boyfriend in high school, actually, that taught me to ride. horribly i think i remember just the other day that i uh, probably almost did a stop sign when i first started because he's a horrible instructor oh he taught you how to go before he taught you how to stop uh no one talks about the friction zone all, all your all your goings in your clutch not in your throttle <laughs> so when i'm teaching people how to ride which i'm doing in, in san jose just for the for the funsies because hmm. i'd like to in- inspire people to start riding I, I get them on there and i tell them you know you can throttle all you want that clutch is what is going to make you go so your left hand is your most important hand but you know so he got me started i didn't keep in riding for the first few years but i got a honda shadow and i was 21 probably shadow 500 yeah the vlx deluxe yeah, yeah there you go and horrible oh. horrible the four speed that's just it killed me but i <laughs> kept it for two years um i upgraded to a victory kingpin took the safety course okay, well, promptly wrecked that was a huge leap that is a big leap that's a leap of faith there it was i don't know how i i think i just saw it and fell in love i didn't really know a lot about bikes at the time and um, I wanted something big and powerful and fun because I had a little baby bike that just really didn't have any go. But you know, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna jump to the defense of the VLX 500 because a lot of people pan them because they were four speeds. But a lot of people got their start on those VLXs. Oh, they're great. Mm-hmm. And they're the great start. bikes. They're very forgiving bikes to ride. And they're surprisingly talky. And they're light, too. Like, and they're, they're lightweight. And they actually sound meatier than they actually are. They do. They do. <laughs> You know? They've got a good sound, but I moved up to the Kingpin, took the safety course, and promptly wrecked a, wrecked a month later. No nasty business. It's, I think it, I think they jinxed me, but I learned a lot from the safety <laughs> course. I've taken I've taken more since then. Um, Florida Osceola County Sheriff's Department does it for free Ooh. every month, so it's not like an MSF course, but they will teach you to ride, and I promise you, they will make you look like a horrible rider. <laughs> well, it's, you know, great, it's great to, to knock the ego down a little bit and make you make you a little humble about your skills when you see a motorcycle cop doing a. A really tight course and a very huge oh, yeah. motorcycle. Funny that you should say that last thing. week. Yeah, that's what we saw last week. <laughs> oh, they're impressive. I mean, they get paid to ride. So they get to do all the cool offensive and defensive courses that I wish I could afford to do. But yeah. you know what? What a great idea. I mean, it, if a local police department want to step up and actually provide free training, even at a basic level to promote motorcycle safety, 
that sounds like a good outreach to yeah, me. Yeah, they just want to help people be safe, you know? They're not trying to make profit. They don't get paid for that. And they, they have a controlled environment where you can practice your slow speeds, you right. know, doing your cornering, doing the things that you should be doing. Because it's too often that I see a motorcycle on the road that's duck walking around a U-turn or doing two <laughs> or three lane right or left-hand turns. And it's not safe. Like, you're not safe right. on the road. I want everyone to ride, but I want you to ride good. All right. So you had your victory for how long? The kingpin I had for... <laughs> Two months. And I <laughs> okay. wrecked it. So that was... Uh, did you have full insurance on it? Yes. I okay. actually did came out of that uh, that wreck. I got an attorney. Uh, wreck wasn't my fault. Oh. So... Um, no it, thing or two about that. Uh-huh. Right, right. So uh, I, I wrecked that in May of uh, 15. And I got on my cross country, a victory cross country, uh, August of that year. And I had that for a year before I hit the road on it. I bought it with the intention to travel because, you know, it has, it's got the largest saddlebags on the market. Wait, you said Victory Cross Country. Yeah. The giant. Yeah. I rode yes. that 12,000 miles, Oklahoma to Washington, back to Oklahoma to Massachusetts to Florida. That's a big bike. It is, but it's a well handling bike. It, I did right. Beartooth on it. Yeah. I did the needles on it. I did all those rides on it. And it's, it's just a fantastic yeah. made bike. No, the, the M- Emma, I was going to say, when I took a naked gym out to Arlen Ness to check out the museum, Arlen was there. I was like, you want to try a bike? And stuck us on a couple of these cross countries. And Jim had not been riding that long. Mm-hmm. First of all, that was the first time he went over Highway 17 and he was petrified <laughs> going over 17. No. And then I stuck him on a cross country. <laughs> Let's go for a test ride. He thought I was trying to kill him. But he did great. Because, yeah, they are cool bikes. They are cool bikes. And Victory were very, very smart with that design. No, the engines are bulletproof. Oh, engines smooth. are bulletproof. Oh. And they carry their weight very low and very forward. Oh, yeah. I, so I took they, a 230-pound man as a uh, on my pillion. And it's it doesn't even make a difference oh, in the no. handling because of how well-balanced that bike is. You right. can load it down with hundreds of pounds, and it still doesn't feel any less nimble. All right. So you, you bought that bike so you could cruise the strip? <laughs> no, definitely not. Definitely not. I, uh, the, the VLX had the uh, the cool LED lights there. She didn't buy a Harley. I didn't. I never she, fell for that Kool Aid. No, but a Victory Cross Country is it's like the big like low rider bagger. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's it's cool. So did you intend to head off on trips on that? I did. I um, it was coming up to the point in my life that uh, it was time to do me. I, I saw it for I first saw it in my future, and uh, it took another year after getting it to finally do it, but. I had been wanting to travel since I was a teenager, and that was my my chance. I had an elderly grandmother I had to take care of, and um, did my best. had to had to give up on that case, and then I tried to help my egg donor, which most people call their mother. Uh, she 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 sobered up for a bit, and you know, for my own conscience, I had to try to help while she was doing the best she could do. And she relapsed back into meth, and then I was like, "All right, well, I did my thing so for you, you. Now I'm going to do my thing for me." That. That sounds like the perfect opportunity, and you had the perfect tool to what start th- yourself on this freedom trail. What I thought was the perfect tool. I never even rode more than three hours when I left the state. So what was your first trip that you planned? I never had. I never took a trip. I, I think I went to the lake once, Lake Eufaula from Oklahoma City, and it's like maybe two or three hours from the city. That's the only trip I'd ever taken on that bike. When I left, I'd never camped before. I'd never used the gear before. I'd never taken that bike longer than the three hours. Mm-hmm. I didn't know what that's doing at all. So what happened to that bike? I, I felt hardcore to love of it because it's not capable off-road. I took that oh. bike down Florida sugar sand, down forest roads, gravel, and it just, it killed. It's not, it not the bike for that. you. Oh, the gravel. Like, that is, I was in Idaho and I had that bike and I'd gone five miles down gravel. 
and uh, trying to find a campsite. It was the weekend, and, and the Snake River is really popular in that area. Couldn't find a campsite. I pulled down into one, and I hit silt. Bike goes uh, down, and, and you know it's just sad. The, the, the victory, it's like it, it barely even leans to fall, so it's not hard to pick up because of the bags and the engine guards. And so I pick it up. That time I was able to pick it up. I get back out, and I keep going on the road, and it turns to private land, and I'm like, crud. I'm gonna have to change, turn around, and I hit silt even worse. Like silt uh, so bad that my, it was up to my ankles. Like I was sinking into it. Try to pick the bike up, and it's just sliding. And I'm like, of all the places on the planet to take a nap, you want to do it here? I'm tired. I want to make camp. Why would you do this? You're ornery. And I was staring at it like, ugh. Now what? And before I know it, it wasn't even five minutes. A couple trucks come out, and a bunch of Mexicans that couldn't even speak English jump out. Took three of them and me to pick it up, turn around, and then just human generosity mm-hmm. right there and kindness. They and then once the uh, fuel injectors cleared it it started right back up took it down found the campsite stayed the night it was a gorgeous campsite too and then did so you you're not on that bike now so what did you did you sell it yeah i got rid of it and then what did you buy got the honda cb 500 all right so you went from the 600 cc to 16 to 18 to 5 and now i'm going to be dropping down to two wow so now you had the cb 500 x and you decided time to head out uh, I'm out in Orlando, so that was when uh, I was already full time oh, okay. on the road. So you'd already started this life. How long did you plan on going at first, or were you? A month. You, uh, oh, really? A month. A month. I was trying to find somewhere to move, and then I realized yeah. I've been unhappy my whole life because I have a nomadic soul. So, I found my calling. It's wow. like I always in high school, I was always envious of those kids but, who knew what they wanted to do with their lives. Mm-hmm. I have a secret confession. I like Orlando. I like I like outside Orlando. I mean, cities don't really do it for me. But once you actually get into the burbs outside Orlando and in the rural area around it, I've I've always had a soft spot for Florida. You can have it. Uh, true confession. I won't fight you for it. I go to downtown Disney whenever I'm there. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. I like it. Hey, yeah, that's your thing. <laughs> I got a friend who works at SeaWorld, so I get in there free. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, that's cool. I've been there, too. So you're now realize you're just hitting the road now how do you start out when you don't really know a lot of people out there what are you doing like where are you how do you create a destination and where are you sleeping every night you know when i first started and it's it's hard to think back that long ago the difference of me then and me now um i was aiming sorry go ahead okay i was aiming for uh our national lands i've always been a very big nature person and i wanted to go out and see you know mount rushmore and uh devil's tower and i wanted to see the redwoods and stuff so the destinations were always nature all right so you had like this list of stuff you wanted to see i had an idea an idea but then that's really all like life is is an idea and and you acting on it well speaking of lists you have a list (laughs) on your website (laughs) of things you want to do in your life Oh, that list. I'm like, there's a lot of lists on the website. Which one are you going to bring up? <laughs> that list. Do you remember what some of these things are? Yeah, I'd like to free dive for my own pearl. I'd like to live in a tribe in, in Mongolia. And there's some other ones. Like, I'd like to spend time in Papua New Guinea and bicycle around Iceland, ride Australia, ride to South America. Um, of course, I want to do skydiving and the, the extreme sports at some point, too. But those are kind of not cool like the other ones I've got on there. Live with an African tribe. Oh, definitely. I, li- I wish the pygmies were still around because I-, I just saw a documentary on them. And that was really cool. Handline a shark. Oh, yeah. I want to I be some islands. You know, I want to go find the, the old. 
Yet a traditional Tried. Japanese tattoo. Oh, yeah. Had them choose I, it and everything. This sounds like somebody who watched way too much National Geographic. <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> I, I watched cartoons and, and nature documentaries my whole life. Live with an island tribe, learn their way of life, and get a traditional tap tattoo. And I actually have a, a tap tattoo from the Philippines. I've got four of them now, or three of them. Really? So you're living the life. I am living the life. Like, everything on that list is going to happen. That's pretty cool. It's uh, just it's going to happen because I believe that when I want to do something and I and I let the universe know, it's going to take me there. So I think um, people want to know though, how do you make it happen? So so you you your home life is such that you're like you're not tethered. You have this opportunity to go and travel. You've got the right motorcycle to do it, and you've got your list of things you want to see and do. So you've you've got a target in mind. How first thing is people want to know how do you pay for it so how i pay for it um i started out with some credit cards and then now i stop to work every few months but i've gotten this down to such a fine art of free sleeping uh cheap eating and a very fuel efficient motorcycle that my cost per month is less than specifically this area but most areas it's about three to five hundred dollars a month okay in the states wait go back you said motos motos sleeping what what did you say um the, the cheap uh, sleeping for free yeah 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 and then uh eating affordably yeah the gas and i have no bills and, other than insurance and what kind of work do you do um even before i always like to acquire skills i learn something i get good at it and i get bored with it so i move into something else so before i even left i'd done a, a very large amount of work here and there so i mostly do labor i'm, I'm very so you're, you're, up to working hard and i love doing that and most ble- most places can't get anyone to work hard these days so i'm in demand no so, matter so it's not like you have like a, a skill that you can do on the road like nah. you know being an artist it or something you just do whatever jobs you find i could make money on the road i could paint bikes i could pinstripe i've got artistic talent i could do all kinds of tech things yeah i could i could do lots of things i like to do travel for travel I like to be free when I'm traveling, and I'd rather spend a few months working for the man just to be free to do what I want during the time that I'm on the road and not be tethered into a schedule because I like to go out and find places that don't have cell phone reception, and I want to stay there as long as I want. So you don't mind being alone then? I love myself in a, in a weird way. Like, it's a love-hate relationship, but I'm very comfortable in my own in my own presence. I've spent a lot of time on my, as they say in Hannibal, my, um, what is it, the mind castle? Mine right. mansion. I can't remember what that, that thing is. I like, think it's the, it's, the, it's the mine mansion. Yeah. You're, you're mentioning Hannibal Lecter. Memory. Is that who you're quoting? I just read the books again. <laughs> and, they, the, and the TV show. I, I get to watch TV when I stop it. So, like, so, not TV, but I get to watch stuff. But this is a common denominator that I found about among many long-distance travelers. Whether they're on motorcycles or not, but certainly... It's very prevalent amongst motorcycle riders because it's such a solitary existence. Is this this level of comfort with your own company? And that's a problem with our country these days, though, is that so many people don't know who they are and they have misconceptions because they've lied to themselves. Right. And I've gone out of my way to know me, know all of my faults, facets, every problem I have, and to learn to either accept them or change them. So that way, like, I find, I'm, a, I'm hilarious. Like, I'm by myself and I make the best jokes. I'm, I'm great company. I have no problem admitting that. And I could, I could spend time with myself all the time. You know, I've always got things to think about. I'm very imaginative. And it's called the Memory Mansion. Yeah, I think that memory was the... Memory Mansion, yeah. Yes. So I got a question. If you hadn't been introduced to motorcycles, do you think you would have discovered this lifestyle? I think I would have been a hitchhiker. 
Oh. And I actually do, would like to do a hitchhiking thing. I also would like to do a sailboat thing. Lots of people do sailboats, and they'll take mm-hmm. a, a free, they'll take some hands on deck for take me around, you know, and I want to do the Caribbean, you know. So let's uh, rattle off some of the amazing places that you've seen and been and done. So I'm going to focus on the motorcycles. I've, I spent a month in the Philippines as a backpacker. But uh, cool. it was pretty cool. That's where I got the tattoos, swam with the whale sharks, uh, volcano and mountains and ocean and islands and stuff. But um, in the States, I've been to my favorite place is Jasper National Park, Canada. But I've been to Banff. I've been to 43 of the states. A lot of the major national 22 national parks, six national monuments, over 80 national forests, um, 42,000 miles in total, 12 on the victory and uh, what am I at? 30, I guess 30 on this one, but that's not including my work miles. I've rode more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I Everglades, I got to see gators up close. I got to swim with the manatees, um, bison, bears. It, it actually, it took me almost the full two years to see my first bear. I, I don't even know. I, I think I'm like the best bear repellent on the planet. <laughs> but uh, Yellowstone, the Tetons, Glacier, North Cascades Olympic, the Grand Canyon. So are you satisfied just traveling in the U.S. and, and North America? I mean, U.S. and Canada? I mean, it is amazing, but do you... I'm bored. You have, you're bored. I'm bored. I've seen the things that I really wanted to see. Uh, a lot of things that I've seen were just recommendations. Uh, I had no idea about them until I got there. I, I rely a lot on my fan base giving me suggestions that when they know and understand what I look for. Because I don't want to see a picture of it. I don't like to have expectations. That's why I don't follow other travelers or read any other accounts. Because I want to be totally a blank slate. I want to be open-minded to what's going to happen and be pleasantly surprised. No, I love that kind of stuff. One of my favorite things... Um, coming from utah uh southern utah where i spent you know a lot of summers summers there as a kid and you have all the places people know like zion and arches but one of my favorite places was a place we called dinosaur tracks and they're like yeah you just want to go down that highway and then when you see that that mailbox turn left go up that dirt road and just keep on going till you come to a little chain and then you walk over to like this riverbed and there's just dinosaur tracks in this old riverbed it's like this is cool and there's like no signage or building or tell right. it's there. It's not a tourist trap but yet. It's not, but locals know about it, right. you know? And those are some of the best things. So I know like um, when we talked to Elsbeth and reading right. her, bur- her book, she did have some scary encounters while traveling. And this is something people are afraid of being alone traveling. Have you had any encounters that you were threatened? In the States, no. I've never had anyone try to attack me, and I uh, just recently posted on my group, Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabonds, about a good way to stay safe is the way you present yourself to the world. Just don't look like a prey item. Mm-hmm. You know, stand stand tall, look people in the eye, look confident. Uh, I do recommend martial arts classes because it's uh, you always have your hands. I don't. I, I am for our Second Amendment, but I don't believe in traveling with one because it, it just makes life complicated, and it, it's it's really unnecessary in most situations. Um, bad people don't hang out in the woods. You meet people who love nature when you're out in the woods. You'll notice, though, that I didn't refer specifically to people. What I meant by threatened, that also includes animals. Have you had anything like that happen? No, animals are great. They're they're predictable. I mean, humans are more of an issue than an animal because a bear is going to eat, and they don't like to eat us. They don't. 
so just don't get between them and their young. Don't get between them and their food. And more likely you'll be all right. There's, you know, the freak accidents, but they're so minor. So minor. More people die from toasters than bears. I mean, come on. Okay, hold on. You don't know about my relationship with toasters, mm-hmm. so, so be careful going there. Is there is there a name for this? Because we may need to make one. <laughs> no, we have a toaster museum next door. That's fantastic. <laughs> I really need go. to see this now. Okay, I can show you after. But, you know, if I can go back, because a lot of our listeners like to travel um and maybe some of them are a little worried about it when i first met you which was a couple of hours ago <laughs> it was very very it came apparent to me very very early on i thought um here's a woman of great passion but a woman of great strength as well so it's exactly what you say it's how you present yourself in any given situation that will really get you through my whole life has been um a lot of hard lessons i've had people try to all of my life everyone has tried to put me down it's because i have a very strong inner light right and it either scares people it attracts people and people want to destroy it or put it out or and some people do want to nurture it but some people are very scared of it but you can see it in the way i hold myself and oh yeah i'm not i'm not a victim i'm not you're not going to do anything to me that i don't want you to do and i'm also a very passionate person i'll help you if i can you know, I've done out of my way just for people have done out of their way. And I believe that since I put good into the universe, the universe gives me good back. This It's a great way to be. And, you know, when I think back to my life, I looking somebody in the eye, shaking their hand and saying, hi, how are you? And actually meaning it has served me really very well over the years. Oh, yeah. Hey, they, they respect hey, you. Grab a seat. Getting that respect and giving it back to, like, I don't look at people in any judging manner. I treat everyone as an individual. I don't care what your skin color is, what you're riding, what you're wearing. To me, you are a person, and I like to see the best in people to begin with. But I'm not going to sit there and make assumptions off of those. I hate stereotypes. I've been They've been against me my whole life. And I just don't do it to people, and people it, appreciate that chance. Except those Honda ST1100 riders. Those guys you just are the can't stand worst. Those guys. Fuck those guys. Fuck those guys <laughs> with their V4 engines. Yeah. And their, uh, I just think they're better than everyone else. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about something else, because the, there's a big sacrifice you have to make to be a moto traveler. There's a lot of sacrifices you have to make, and one of the worst things I hate, I, I just hate being told is I'm lucky. I'm not lucky. This was not a pot of gold that a leprechaun brought to me. This was a choice I made in life. I chose not to have kids. I chose to rehome my cats. I chose to take... I had a mortgage. I had a mortgage and two cars and a motorcycle. I had that life. I never liked it. It was never for me. I chose to change. I, I got someone to, to take the house. It was supposed to be for my mom. And, um, you know, I have to give up a lot. I don't. It's hard for me to... Like, last month was very hard for me because I my soul's reaching out. I want community. I, I just love to be around people that actually know me for once because it's always the same stories that I have to tell. Like, what are you doing? How are you doing it? Where are you from? You know, and, and just being familiar would be nice for once. So I'm kind of trying to do it since I'm stuck in San Jose for a while. So that's right. that's a big thing is the emotional start. Like, I love strangers. I love change. I love challenge. I, I thrive on being challenged. When I get easy, when it gets easy, it's time to, to change it up and do something new. Well, let's talk about one of the sacrifices that people make to live this lifestyle, and that's having stuff. Yeah, stuff isn't worth nothing. I thought you were going to talk about bathing. That's yeah. a big sacrifice. Who bathes? No. Yeah, exactly. Right. 
I mean, you I, you might be able to smell me from over there. I can't tell. Actually, I showered Same. today. So. I, I'm just going to keep my gear on. That's probably... Are, don't, you, don't nice, come near my are boots. you nice and stinky, Isaac? Oh, quite. Oh, very good. Don't good come near job. my boots. They, they smell like something that died a week ago. I'm going to sign. No, let's talk about stuff, because you really can only have what you can carry with you on your bike, right? Oh, yeah. And I started out with a loaded down Victory in a 50 liter backpack. Now I carry less than 50 liters altogether. You started with a Victory? I did. Yeah. Hi, I'm Isaac. So, <laughs> so let's talk about I'm going to ask random questions without introducing myself let's talk about what you carry on your bike and maybe what you've shed what you started with that you thought you needed that you didn't well, I started out with all the wrong stuff I, I'm a hammock camber so I never had a tent and everyone's like mm. hey, what about all those places that don't have trees well one of my nicknames is water critter so I'm always aiming for water when I camp and you know what grows around water plants <laughs> and I've hung in some really weird things too like I, I will hang my hammock anywhere I possibly can but I can sleep on the ground too I have a, a setup that can do both um, I started out with a really crappy um, sleeping bag from Amazon um, a hammock I had no pad I was sleeping straight on the ground um, cheap Walmart tarp that wasn't big enough and got holes in it uh, man just just all I didn't have stakes totally forgot the stakes the Costco tarps are much better I have a Cuban fiber now. It's stronger uh, than Kevlar by density. Cost three hundred fifty dollars. I don't know why I bought it. Except uh, for it's the best. I like to have the best of the best. You bought it because it'll last <laughs> years forever. I buy yeah. gear that is going to be ten year long, and I also my life relies on my gear. If I get cold or wet, I could die. I there's been plenty of situations that if I get hyperthermic, I'm done. Have you run into situations like that? Where Even just recently, weather. Even just recently, I made the mistake of getting wet up in Banff. It started raining. I didn't pull off, and I got soaked, and it got cold. And I'm like, I, I and I, I carry so few clothes now. I didn't have anything to change out of. I only have one pair of pants with me. When my jeans are soaked, it can be bad. It can be very bad. And in an area as remote as Banff, there's not just hotels hanging around, and I, I've never paid for one anyways. Are there hot springs up there? Uh, not that I know of. Uh. There may be. I mean, I'm not an expert. I go up there and stare at the mountains like a retard. Well, Isaac will tell you about his secret of how to deal with when it's raining. Take your clothes off? Where do you pull into? Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like both I of did, these. I did something similar, uh, like, just kind of somewhat just ended well, up on I, the road because I had to. My I, favorite picture from the whole time I went across country was... I got stuck in a huge rainstorm in South Dakota, stranded in this tiny 50-person town. And when the subway closed, where I was sheltering, I was eating sandwiches all day, they are like, you got to go, but there's a laundromat around back, and there's nobody in it. It was 24 hours, so I backed my bike into it. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, it wouldn't have been an issue in the States or anywhere more populated because I could have found a blow dryer, you know, hands blow dryer. <laughs> could, have, could have dried myself out. And luckily, the, the weather changed. It's mountains. Right. So I did, I did end up drying out, and then the sun started going east as I was going north. So um, it got warmer, and it was okay. Um, I've encountered hail and rain, uh, gale force winds in Delaware, trying to knock my victory off the road, and I had to sleep off the interstate. But really, it's just making the decision. If you can't keep going, you need to stop, and you need to do what you do need to do to stay warm or to get warm. You know, my gear is actually designed to be naked in. That's how proper backpacking gear works. What is the gear? I have a NeoAir X-Therm insulated pad. It's four seasons. And I have an enlightened equipment quilt, which is zero degree down. Oh, this isn't your riding gear. This, this is your is sleeping my, gear. This is where I live. Yeah. That's my everything. That's my home. But it's your. this is your sleep, not your riding gear, your sleeping gear. I yeah, got you. but, you know, if, if it's raining and you got to pull off, you throw your tarp over you and the bike, 
you know, do the lean to thing and uh, you take your, your wet gear off, you toss it on there and you get in your, in your camping gear. That's you're how you're going to stay alive. You're supposed to take all your clothes off in good sleeping bags? Yes. Because oh. the way down works is to, to insulate with air pockets. And that was I've your been winter- first mistake. No, I've been winter camping for years and I usually do that, but I always thought I was just making it harder for myself. Just, no, you're putting off that body heat so the gear can reflect it back. When you're keeping oh. the body heat to your skin, the gear can't, you can't heat your bubble around you in that gear. Just guys, just if you do that, just mind the zipper ah nasty business (laughs) well if you trim properly that's not a problem i have a quilt sleeping bags are so out of date (laughs) yeah anyway it's not trimming isaac it's called mowing the lawn (laughs) so what about that was manscaping i lost my i lost my lawnmower charger and i haven't been (laughs) i know it's somewhere i saw it like three weeks ago you can't manscape anymore i only have to charge it like once a year and it finally died by the way i wanted to tell you z that out of everybody in here, Isaac actually has some chops of long distance traveling because as a very novice motorcyclist. Do not do this. You went from Vermont to Florida, back to Vermont, Martha's Vineyard, back to Vermont, and then across the country. So he's, yes. he, he's got some chops. What am I, chop liver? No, but I mean, it's like oh. Isaac's our traveler. He, he always has been. You're, you're just not on his level. You just didn't. What? Wait, did you? Did I just you, went to I Ohio and back. Yeah, but you've been riding for years. I didn't oh, know shit. It. I was oh, see, I see, see. I get credit because I did it when I, I was. Be, I did it when I shouldn't have. Right. I'd never even left the state on my motorcycle. <laughs> I'd had like, Let's my go license. Do this. Yeah, I'd had my license for like three weeks when I did the Blue Ridge Parkway. Okay. Yeah, so here's a here's a test for you, Isaac, because you did come in late. Are you comfortable with your own company, darling? No, very not. It was horrific. Wow. You see that. That is what makes you different, because if you're not happy with your own company, you know this. But I didn't start out happy with my own company. I, you I come developed from, into it. I did. I, the traveling is what made me help me yeah. heal. OK, I, I am very happy with my own TV remote. You just sing show tunes. <laughs> Most people can't stand silence, and that's because they don't want to be in their own head. Yeah, my grandmother was, was like that. that dr- drives me crazy. True story. When I traveled cross country in a car, I took a little black and white TV with me, and my friend insisted on camping. <laughs> this is so bad. So we'd go to like KOAs, and I'd carry my TV over camping. to the RV se- section and plug it into an outlet and sit there. <laughs> I think you have a problem. TV. I think you have a problem. We may have to and have an intervention. Like, and she thought I was an idiot. I'm like, look, that's I'm hilarious. happy. Leave me alone. <laughs> right, right. And and the only reason why Americans especially don't know themselves is because they don't have the time to learn themselves. We're forced from birth to death to work, 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 school, school, school. You don't have time to, to spend with yourself. It does take time to be alone and to do things and to see where you are in life. Like, you don't know who you are until you're challenged on it. Well, here's another big expense on the road besides gas is food. So what do you do for food? Roadkill. I eat way too much. I, okay, so I met this woman <laughs> in Montana, and she was a great inspiration to me. It's a long story about how I ended up meeting her. But uh, like that's the, the whole universe put me where I needed to be because she was an inspiration to me. It's always how that works. She's like, you want some roadkill jerky? And I'm like, yeah, right in the mouth. What and kind? I'm, uh, she actually just got back to me on that, and I think it was... Um, <laughs> I think she said deer, nothing weird. Okay. It tastes like ass, though. Do you, I hit a beaver in Pennsylvania, but when I turned around, it wasn't there anymore. So. Do you want to know the, the trick, Shame. though, for roadkill? This so is true. Fresh. Well, in the evening, when you're going to your destination in the winter. if there's any mm-hmm. roadkill take some spray paint and put an x on it and then in the morning when you go back anything without an x on it is good 
<laughs> nice. That's actually really good. No, I ate a lot of Taco Bell, actually. I started out, oh, really? um, I started I out with Taco Bell. Well, I didn't see that coming. Right. Um, yeah, I should be sponsored by Taco Bell at this point. Uh, they have the great greatest dollar menu on the planet. Um, and I ate very, un- <laughs> I ate, I ate very un- uh. unhealthy to begin with. So Taco Bell... Um, McDonald's, I, and that's where I get Wi-Fi. I can charge things. I can, you know, we get out of the weather for a while. Yeah. Um, and then last year, I got some cooking gear, and I was doing like rice, um, instant mashed potatoes, canned chicken, and you know, making little meals. But I pre-diabetic. You know, my, it runs in my family, and I've been having some serious energy crashes. So now, when I was on the road in July, it was just a little trip. It was like six thousand miles. Not a, not a big thing. It took twenty five days, and most of those days were people that wanted to keep me for a couple days. Um, I moved on to a keto diet, so I'm carrying oh. summer sausage, cheese, nuts, jerky, and V8. It's all like fats and proteins, wow, right? That, yeah, she sounds better. It is, and it's a little bit more expensive, but you eat less, mm-hmm. and I found out uh, a block of cheese and heating and cooling lasts forever. It just gets soft, and the summer sausage, about three or four days before you, and salami's the same way. Have you I re- did that when I crossed country, but I was, I was vegetarian, so it was basically just cheese. Ooh. Yeah. Have you experimented? I pooped weekly. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you needed to or not. Thank you. V8. The V8 is really important. That's how I get my vegetables because I'm not carrying around a stock of broccoli all day. Have you experimented with cooking on the bike yet? I have. I had some cooking gear. I, um, I did the alcohol stoves. No, yet. no. The cooking... On, on the, bike. the bike. I've always wanted to put a Coleman on it. my luggage rack. One of those big Coleman stoves. No, I, I always know thought exa- that would be so cool. Um, no, Liza's talking about what I used to do in my early Greyhound days. Was Stuff get the, a hot dog in the tailpipe? Get the no, they fo- have a thing called, like, I think it's called a muff pot. Get the, <laughs> it's, get a, it's a pot that goes on your muffler. That's the worst right. name. <laughs> it's the best, well, name, what, best what, name. What I used to do on the Detroit diesels, I used to get a burrito and wrap it up in foil and then stick it on the side of the supercharger. Yes. Yeah. And then about three hours in, you'd open it up and it's just cooked to perfection. I think John Dalton made a flat, a level cooking yeah, plate yeah. on his exhaust pipe. It works yeah. okay. I, I just yes. came back after a pee break. What the fuck are you guys talking about? <laughs> Muff pots. Muff pots. Muff pots. Yes. <laughs> Pot you put on your muff, darling. <laughs> Muffler. So as you've been on the road a while now, though, and um, oh, I just did my second year anniversary, actually. Oh, congratulations! congratulations. Yeah, and I got a tattoo uh, now, for it, which I do every year. But you're starting to um, reach out to people, or they're reaching out to you because uh, you have well, you have a lot of uh, connections. You've got a blog. I've got a website. website. I've so, got the Facebook profile, and I've got a Facebook group which has become a very supportive and loving community this would be oh. the opportune moment to you, plug them all you did this way better than i did i uh i've been doing this a while i actually did present at horizons unlimited as well and i speak for a living pretty much um oh, I see. I'm, a, I'm a community leader i'm an example i'm something that people look up to so i always try to do the best i can and provide the best i can and my my group is minimalist motorcycle vagabonds or mmv it's a facebook group you have to join um it's i did found it i started it i was like I was in this group called motorcycle camping and there's a bunch of people like asking which acs they should bring in their motorcycle trailer and i'm like that's not camping sorry I, I get when you're old or, or whatever you know you need a trailer you need a, a camper that gets you off the ground but ac um you're, you're bringing an apartment with 
with you like you should be enjoying outdoors and that's just i just don't relate you know if you want to do at that, least not motorcycle camping it's camping with a motorcycle you've got eleven thousand people in this group yeah eleven thousand six hundred. Mm-hmm. I, I i know a lot of them by name like the most active members about the 500 i know name and some basic information i try my best to learn people got some long time members that joined right after i thought i was gonna get 500 i'm like i'm gonna start my own group no. i'm gonna start a group that talks about we just pack our bikes and go it's it's packing little and having big adventures you know, and uh, I thought I was going to get 500 people, and the idea is actually a hell of a lot more popular than I thought it was. And how about, let's plug your website. ZTraveler.com. There you go. Z-E-E Traveler.com. And what I like on there, too, is you've got your, your journal posted there, and then you've also got links to articles you've written. Yeah, I've got articles. Um, I wrote a creative story. I keep trying to reach out to these magazines, and no one responds to me. I've done, uh, like, Cycle Source and some other ones, and they won't respond, but I've got some creative pieces I wrote. City Bike? Uh, they didn't. I was mentioned in one of their articles, but I, I did not have anything to do with it. Liza, your dog is eating my boot. Yeah, he's licking it. Mm-mm-mm. It's probably been some good places. I need a new boot. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, not because he's licking. So it. I wrote an article on how to camp for free. I wrote an article on how to start getting your gear ready, giving you examples of what kind of camper you're going to be a cowboy camper, right. if you're going to be a tent camper, or a hammock camper, and which you know. And I just Wait, give a list of cowboy camper. cowboy camper. You throw it on the ground and you sleep. Oh, uh, yeah. That was that was what I did before I, like... I cowboy camp because when the hammock doesn't work, I'm I, a cowboy camper. Yeah, I cowboy camped because I was afraid if I set up a tent in the scary cornfield in in northern Virginia, I'd get shot at. I had to keep a literal low nah, profile. No one's going to To me, you. camping is staying at Motel 6 instead of Holiday Inn Express. <laughs> wow. Yeah, at least you're still traveling. Yeah. Just wow. I'm just saying. I just can't afford those things. I mean, 70 bucks to me, I think in difference than than money. To me, 70 bucks is a certain amount of miles. That's what I see is miles. The prices have gotten crazy. And I think this is something that comes with just getting old, Emma. Maybe you can back me on this. You start to go, wait a minute. You want to charge me $80 for this Motel 6? I once stayed at like this nice place in New York City for $39.99. And get off my lawn, you young whippersnapper. Free drink, but the but things are really expensive. No, things are getting expensive because Americans want it too much. But I so much admire you, Z, because I am the first one to say I couldn't sustain the lifestyle you've got. Not now. I've become too domesticated. In- I'm I'm a feral cat, and I tell people yeah, that. Yeah, you are feral, and which I'm like, is great. You, and, you, and I tell people that I'm I'm a, I'm a stray cat, and if you feed me, I may stick around a couple of days, but I'm going to disappear eventually. But- do you know who I'm that fat cat that lounges around in front of the fire and doesn't move that much? That's you do me. fall asleep quite easily. I, I do in, actually. In well, strange I, places. I lose consciousness. I, call I don't a, just fall asleep. I should call you myself do. a cat herder because on the group, I have a bunch of people who like to solo adventure that don't like other people, but we want to come together with people who understand us online a group of people like to get together with people who don't like people pretty much okay wow hey, uh, we get, on, oh, we get together a word online for that there's a word for that it's uh something along retarded no <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't make any sense and everyone's like i don't know if i belong here i'm not a club member and it's like this isn't a club we don't most of us have never even met we just kind of share our adventures and tell each other well, that's awesome. misanthrope association the there we misanthropes go. yeah there nice. you go so nice. I have a question, though. I would like to know about wrenching. How much wrenching are you doing, and how did you learn how to do it? I'm what, a YouTube What's your expert? bike again? Because oh. I didn't see a victory A CB500X. 
Oh, cool. That's so, relatively uh, new, yeah? It is, and it, okay. it's a Honda. Oh, so, so you don't do any wrenching. I do all of my wrenching. Yeah, but so, you don't have to because there isn't any I changed it's a new tires. Honda. Well, actually, I was just up at Banff <laughs> and I needed a new back tire unexpectedly about 5,000 miles too soon and uh, slapped in the center stand, took the tire off in the in the yard. Took me like half a minute. They went in there and changed it. They, I paid someone to change it because I'm too lazy to spoon. Took, and uh, Took half a minute to take the tire off or the wheel off? The wheel. The oh, wheal okay. Actually. I was going to say if the take, tire take came the off, whole thing easy, off. Was... So I took it in. They changed it. I put it, put it back on. Chain sprockets, spark plugs. And I normally do my maintenance uh, during my work staycations so I can have a garage and tools. But I carry a very good toolkit. But you I love this. You have so to change spark plugs? Sometimes. I mean, it's got 40,000 miles and I didn't put 36 of them on in 18 months. But so you learn a lot of this from YouTube. This is, I mean, this is some completely new to this generation, I think. I ask a lot, too. I go into shops and I want to watch what they're doing to my bike and I ask questions. You know, I know a lot more because the mystery problems um, and it, it really is just general curiosity and then having a somewhat good mechanical aptitude as well. I had a little bit of experience before I left on the the honda shadow uh i learned how to do chain and sprockets hmm. but uh, I'm, I'm working my way up i mean the xr200 i'm going to take to south america uh, later this year and for all of next year um i intend to fully know how to do everything on that bike before i go so let's talk about this so you have acquired an xr200 r yeah i've never met him yet is it and all my bikes are boys is it plated no it's not it's a 95 xr200 r so in oklahoma all you gotta do is slap a headlight a brake light one mirror and license plate holder and it's legal you can get a title that's easy it's it hmm. i've heard in montana you only have to register it once ever yes yeah. montana has permanent motorcycle plates 99 dollars. and south dakota you can register any bike from anywhere in the country all you have to do is mail it in whoa so what is this trip that you're planning i am planning to go from which oklahoma the, the bikes in missouri i, I got to get it moved to oklahoma so i can street legalize it and you know make it look like a franken bike like i do all my bikes uh, I'll start in Oklahoma and I'm going to go all the way down to the very tip of Chile. I want to go to the very southernmost tip. If I can afford to boat over to Antarctica, I will. And depending on, on my standings with money and how things have been going, I would like to uh, ride back up South America. And if I get down the West Coast and up the East Coast of the, of the continent, I'd like to uh, ride all the way back. So an estimated 25,000 miles. Hopefully wow. in a year, I'd like to take my time, go slow, spend time in villages, get to know people. I'd like to come back with fairly fluent in spanish so what's your plan for things like tires you know you're going to need tires so often are, are you are, are you able to get them on throughout this whole journey i should i mean the xr200 is still a highly popular bike in, in brazil it's one reason why i chose it, it quit, they quit mm. selling it here in 02 but in brazil it's still sold um mm. there'll be parts everywhere they're right. very reliable bikes a very common tire size um exactly anything with 18 on the back and 21 on the front good yeah, and I'll slap yeah, anything yeah on. you know it's like you're there and the 200 is so unchanged yeah throughout mm. a long long period the l's of time. and r's are the same parts yeah. are everywhere and there's like i said they're still selling them in brazil so now you've got an extra 16 years of bikes on the market the only yeah, thing is choice. you've gotten yourself a kickstart only bike oh really yeah it's kickstart only that's yeah, not it's a that dirt bike because it has no electric starter on it. What for? That, that thing has got to be the easiest bike in the lazy. world to start. Well, I'm not like, even going to do an electric start. It's a totally useless device. Not when Except you're doing a, a river crossing. A kickstart only bike can be stolen easily. It's still an electric start. All you have to do is unplug the electric. No, if start. you're doing river crossing, 
really oh like or a, you're on a hill or something yeah if you're doing like extreme if riding, i have to kick it when i'm in a very awkward sucks. place right yes yeah, I, i'm gonna have a lot of a lot of crappy situations and i already know it. it's gonna be awesome and how much are you planning on taking all the gear you have now I'm a masochist yeah actually my gear when i kept buying my gear and upgrading i always bought the best of the best so i wouldn't have to buy it again i've got the lightest the smallest most compact backpacking gear so carbon are you fiber put, sleeping bag <laughs> why are you gonna put um why uh saddlebags tank bag no, backpack no just backpack just a backpack just a 50 liter backpack is what i'm hoping to get my gear down to um and then maybe some little bags for the food because i don't care if that gets stolen the, the gear will always come off with me all of the time um the xr200 doesn't have a frame in the back so you can't do lockable panniers it'd have to be soft and then i'm gonna walk off with my gear in there because you can't really carry saddlebags on you as easy as a, as a backpack are you familiar with giant loop that would be the, a good the very expensive things because i'm poor you have some very expensive things yeah, already you mentioned. so i have happy trails panniers on there i cleaned someone's garage for a week to get those but you know what liza it's her home and that's yeah. that's what yeah. you've got to do to put it into perspective i mean for those of us who live in california every month that goes by we're paying a couple of grand rent or whatever one, or one month's rent here i can travel for the full year right in the state or this country i mean but your home is your sleeping bag your hammock your top so yeah of course you buy the best that you can I do, do because, i want it to last a long time and i and uh, uh, to stay comfortable and warm and dry you know it's important yeah and just things like boots oh god yeah. I, I still haven't found the perfect pair of boots i have to buy a new pair every year i mean these are great boots they're comfortable but like i keep trying these hiking ones and they just don't work for me i have weird feet for do you have different riding boots or are those your riding boots these are my everything boots check out Daytona's. so i do like i don't do riding Daytona's boots because i have okay. to i have to build a i can't carry more than one pair of, i carry literally one pair of boots one pair of sandals two pairs of shorts i don't wear underwear so that's less stuff Three pairs of socks with one pair of wool socks, two bras, maybe three shirts, a hoodie, and riding gear. That's I only take all. issue with the fact that all your socks aren't wool socks. <laughs> um, because I'm poor. And that's your issue. I love to have smart wool socks. But no, darn toughs. If you get a hole in them, you bring them into a store and they give you a new set. I'm all not right. spending $40 on a pair of socks. They're all only right. $20. See, I have a Christmas list, everyone. <laughs> I will post it on my website. Send me things. I'm just kidding. All I'm right. just kidding. I, I think now I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go to this conversation i prepared you for because oh, i think isaac might chime in the gear on this junkie one too well oh, are we talking about gear because i have like well the gear not tons of opinions. so uh isaac if you could see the helmet she wrote up in should i <laughs> you don't even get the. i get so much camaraderie with that i get fist bumps and people are like yeah and then the cops are like fuck you she's wearing a beanie helmet that says it's dot fuck helmet law on it well it says fuck helmet law on the back it says fuck the nanny state on the front nice and this is her helmet she wears for any it's a really good kickstand. helmet required states it's really good for a kickstand and you don't wear a helmet otherwise no have you crashed yet yeah i got 17 stitches in my right knee so here's the thing. And I wrecked, and, and, in, I wrecked in what I'm wearing now on and, the Victory King pin. And I wanted to bring this up, not to pick on you, because I think, as I said, I think your opinion is the same as a lot of Americans. And this is a, you a debate amongst motorcyclists. So, But you had your reason, which, if you want to restate your reason. Yes. So my beliefs, period, is simply there should not be laws to protect me from me. Laws should only be in place to protect me from you yeah unless there's somebody else who's gonna come and all right who's gonna finish. come and pick you let up no, go ahead. so um 
everyone dies. There's 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 jobs for that for a reason. So whether I die in the street or in my bed or in a hospital, there's still someone else to take care of the body. But honestly, I can't deny any kind of medical treatment. So if like I'm severely screwed up and I'm I don't want to live through this, I can't tell them to morphine me and die. They force it down me, and then they blame me because I can't pay for our very messed up healthcare. We have the worst healthcare system on the planet. Everyone should be covered, and they're not. We should North not. Korea, but continue. Oh well, yeah. There's a couple others, <laughs> but. Um, so you shouldn't take those choices out of my hands. I don't believe that you sh- we should make running with scissors illegal, even though it's stupid. So common sense shouldn't be a law. It should just be simply like, if you want to rape me, you should be punished so severely that you consider not doing it. Compared to like, I should be able to do whatever I want with my body that I take care of. You know, I feed myself. I take care of myself. If I wanted to sell my kidney, I should be able to. It's it's, it's simply, I believe in we have our choice in our lives mm-hmm. and our destiny. So you acknowledge that it's a stupid choice. Absolutely. Okay. I never said I was smart. Okay. I then, agree then with you, you, Z, wholeheartedly, except you, you. if you get to the stage, as you obviously have... That you're a public figure. Oh, I, but I always tell people I am not leading by example in safety. I let you know. Like, I know statistics. Is, I know the statistics. It, but that unfortunately is inevitable because if if you're in a position where people look up to you, but I'm not living for them. No, I know, but. Um, I know it's a bad example. You did example. state earlier that you're a role model, though. Well, I'm not I'm saying a leader. It's a, all right, hold on, hold on. I'm not saying it's a don't, bad example. I don't want no, to feel leader. attacked here. No, it's uh, you, no. You, I, you, I can you fully have, hold my own. You have a valid opinion, and I think. Um, I mean, I'm somebody who oh, I started riding here in California before a helmet law, and I chose to not wear a helmet many times, but I wore it most of the time. And when we go to Cleveland, a lot of times we'll ride to dinner without helmets, you know. <laughs> we'll just, you know, it's like, oh, that's fun. But I I don't know. To me, it's kind of like if there was a law that said you have to wear socks, I'm not really going to fight it because you should probably you should wear socks. I don't wear socks most of my life. <laughs> yeah, but you know what I mean. But technically, I don't. I'm a very, very big barefoot person. But for the helmet, I... I know that there are there are many people that have to be forced to do it. So even though I think I made the right decision of when to wear it, when not to, I'm willing to give up that freedom for the other people who are so resistant to it. But but that aside, because there are helmet laws, I just in places, choice. And when I'm in a little, in a state that doesn't have a helmet law, I don't always wear it. However, when I'm riding on the highway, I like having the wind protection. Well, yeah, and I understand, like, full-face helmet can really help with the, dealing with the rain and the cold. Yeah. And I, I, I understand. I comfort. Know it's just it. more comfort. It's more comfortable for me. you. For me, yeah. I just, they're not for me, and I don't right. want people making choices for me, and I don't want laws that are making choices for me. Yeah. I don't think the government should be involved in my sex life, in my motorcycle life, in my life at all, unless, like, it's none of their business what I do with me. And, you know, I have to say, Z, in my defense, I'm far more on board with you than not on board with you. Oh, that's I, fine. I, you know, I'm far more aligned with you than I'm still not, your friend, no matter if you agree with me or not. So I'm, I'm, but I'm very happy to see that you, you see my point. Is I just oh yeah, no, absolutely, I choice. Do, it should be everyone's sure. choice. I think, I think we all agree that it's best if we have that choice. I think that I think no, nobody says uh, yeah, there should be a law. 
we all wish that we had the choice. I think we, I think we've all realized in this country that laws don't actually stop problems. Because you know, making drugs illegal. Totally I think got new riders stop. shouldn't have a choice. But I, I do believe in that. Like I do believe. I think when uh, yeah, you start new out, riders definitely shouldn't have until a choice. you're 18 and you're your own adult. You definitely should not. But I also think that 25. Should, even a waiver would be fine. <laughs> At least that, for boys. That you are very <laughs> aware. You're very aware of the risks that you're taking. Because and I had to tell people, you should wear a helmet. And if you don't want to wear a helmet, I want you to go look up what's going to happen if you don't. I know what's going to happen. And I choose to make that choice anyways. Yeah. So okay. be, be informed on your decisions. All of my decisions, I, I don't have an opinion. I don't have a single opinion. And I think that that's, have a key, that's a key point. If, 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 as you navigate through life, no matter what you're doing, make sure the decisions you're making aren't knee-jerk decision decisions aren't just arbitrary decisions have some weight behind them do some research and figure out if it is right for you See, because this i mean actually, this is serious stuff it is and there's 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 numbers to back these things actually in 2015 there was a little about 5,000 deaths which is 13 percent of motorcycle wrecks and 60 percent of them were wearing a helmet you know what actually is the most likely to kill you in your motorcycle is drinking and riding and being in rush hour most of those accidents had alcohol involved, and yeah. they were speeding. Well, here's the thing, though. Um, every year they Wait, learned to ride. That, every year they that's ha- kind of irrelevant to whether or not they were wearing a helmet. Though. Well, every, well, that's the whole point. Is sixty percent like, of those fatalities were wearing a helmet? It's because people think because they, they not only act invincible when they put one on, but they didn't learn how to ride. That's the number not one thing true. is learning how to ride. No, it is. No, I'm going to be so on. safe because I'm wearing on. a helmet. But you can't use that statistics because you have to also include how many people's lives were saved by wearing the helmet. You yeah. never really know, though. Right. No, but that's why, wrecked, that, but that, that, that's why it's invalidated. Eye. But here's the thing. Every year at after Sturgis, they announce all of the deaths. Oh, man. And but that's trailer there's usually week. No, but there's usually six to eight deaths a year uh, at Sturgis. And I've always had a theory... Uh, during Sturgis, probably. During Sturgis. Some of it is going to or leaving. The Black Hills, oh. yeah. Um, I've always had a theory that it's because of the lack of the helmets. I think it's more of a lack of, lack of everything. Because they post in the reports if they were wearing a helmet or so not. So Sturgis is more dangerous than the Isle of Man, is it what you're saying. It is dangerous there. Because you've got a bunch of people who don't ride, who trailer their bikes up and go and do roads oh, with, yeah. and with there's, pi- people. Then they don't know how to ride. There's alcohol involved in a lot right. of alcohol it, but, but my point is, I think there would be less deaths if there were more helmets. So it's probably true, and I'm not going to argue that yeah, fact. No. But no, it doesn't sound like you're arguing that fact. No, it, it's you're absolutely. making your own choice. It sounds. It, I make it, it for doesn't me. sound like you've said like like you're saying that helmets in any way like are not like helmets are incredibly useful. I'm hearing that you logically agree with that. yes, everyone yeah. should wear them, but I for their own choices. Yeah, but I don't want to wear one because I don't like them. And I, and I never you tell don't someone like that. Do you would you say you don't like the helmet or you don't like being told or a little both? Is it weighted more than more one way question. than another? It's both. Like, is it okay. like I really don't like the helmet and I, I don't I'd find them comfortable the risk. and I've tried lots of them on. I don't like the weight of my head. I like the freedom of being okay. like I ride in shorts. I don't recommend it. I don't. <laughs> but I love the freedom. I love the freedom. That's that's why I'm on a motorcycle is to be free of all the things that oppress me in life. I'm just well, going to make there's... a prediction here. Oh, I'm going to die on a motorcycle. No, I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> You're probably going to get very no. hurt on a motorcycle gonna, at some my point. My prediction is because 
I, you remind me of me, I used to ride in shorts and sandals and wear no helmet or happy helmet or whatever because I just wanted to be comfortable and free. But the older you get, the more Caution. you start to be oh, careful saying that, and though. Also, like, I feel like I've been taking those risks and I've been getting away with them and I need to have more protection. You're, you're looking yeah, I think, I think it's something that, because I did that in my 20s, too. But we're, we're a different and, person and, every day. And I'm yeah, not predicting exactly. that in 50 years I'm going to be the person I am now. And I hope I'm not because I'd like to be a better person. Than well, I, mean, I was born an old fucking man, so... <laughs> To be fair, it's a good point, though. I I'm mean, wearing an airbag vest and I'm sitting inside. Well, no, I'd like to hear from Henry because yes. you. He makes a lot. Come on. Yes, I've crashed. And I was going to say. survived. I was going to say, to be fair, to her point, when my leg got broken earlier this year, I was full at GAT. You know, I was. I had a full on. Uh, like one, I had a full-on riding suit, and I was wearing super heavy boots, and still my bike rolled onto me, and it broke my leg. However, yeah, but the other two times you were fine. However, though, following that, I was also at in both those incidents, instant, uh, both those uh, occurrences, and I was fine. Like I have no injuries to me to speak of whatsoever. Oh yeah, yeah. and I know, I know people who have actually gone down at highway speeds in no gear and survived. But I know people hey, who went down. I, one of my good friends, she went down at twenty miles per hour in Atgat, and she's now permanently brain damaged. Uh, Z, I went down on the freeway wearing running shoes, jeans, and a short sleeve T-shirt. What happened? And a helmet that I paid seventy five cents for at the flea market. Lordy! Wow. And the helmet, my first was the at helmet least $15. saved my head. The doll, it was a novelty, too, I'm sure. Oh, I, I bought it as a kid. Right. For, yeah. Right. right. And uh, I was a teenager when this happened. But, you know, like I said, logically, and, it, and I also do this, back to the traveling, people are always like, you're going you're gonna to get raped, murdered, and killed if you go there. And that's mm, everywhere. That's never true. And no, it's not. But everyone's so scared of things yeah. they don't know. Every, yeah. Everybody who hasn't done it yet will be like, will right. be like, oh, everything's going to go terribly. Our media is all about fear mongering. Like, let me convince myself why I haven't done that cool thing that you're about to. Well, people who don't travel don't care for their fellow people. They don't have culture. They don't have community. They have no interest in anything that happens outside of them. They distrust their fellow humans and they can never fight the government because they're standalone people. The, the, they destroy community by making everyone scared. And it's like, I'm not scared of anyone because 95% of people are good. 4% of people don't care. And 1% of people are bad. That's truly what I believe. The the bottom line, I think the only reason any of us push for people to wear helmets is... Because you care about them. Exactly. I know you care it. about me. That is it. I know, I know lots of people care about me, but I also... I don't tell anyone to take their helmet off, and I want you to respect my decisions, because yeah. you know I'm not stupid. The, I may yeah. be making bad decisions, but I am well-informed in my decisions. I want you to respect me and love me for the, the weird and feral cat I am. <laughs> That is fair enough. But you're still living the life. I am. You're living the life so many people wish that they could. And, you know, congratulations. Should we go into why? Two years in. Yeah, two years. Should we go into why? Sure. Um, Wait, it has nothing to do with your egg donor? Excellent. No. Okay. No. Five reasons. At least five reasons. I don't have anything better to do. I don't believe in our society. <laughs> That's why I did it. I don't I didn't have in, anything better to do either. I, well, I don't believe in our, our way of life in this country, and I don't believe how we force it down people's throats, the college, the mortgage, the kids. I don't believe in that. It never was for me. I think there's other options in life. Okay. Um, I find a lot of healing in travel. I realize right. that I'm nomadic. Yeah. Um, I'm running away from my problems, and uh, it's, it's part running away from my problems and part using the travel to heal some of my problems. Okay. Mm-hmm. All of them have gotten so much better over the last two years. Some mm-hmm. of them are still there. I know they are, and I'm trying to work on them. Um, I, uh, I am actually dealing with some lately, and uh, I get very depressed, 
and I have to deal with that. It's normally when I stop that that becomes an issue. Yeah. And I'm also looking for something. Um, I don't have family and it hurts. It, I mean, I have to be totally brutally honest. It hurts. No one cares about me that much that they're even shaking up on me. Like people do ask every once in a while, like what's going on, but I'm no one's priority. But you do have a family. I have a very large pe- base of people who care about me on a, on a level if they know my travels, but they don't really know me. And I'm not a priority to them. I'm not their child. I'm not their wife, their girlfriend. Yeah. And I want that. It's, that's what I want. I know you're over there trying to like, no, you're about no, to die. No, I want the, someone. The dog farted. She's dead. Oh boy. Oh boy. Yeah, I, I, I forewarned you about this. Just, see, I did forewarn sorry. you. You're, you're, um, your olfactory nerves are <laughs> so about I'm, to be assaulted. I'm looking for, I'm looking for a community I, that I, I, I belong right, in. But I was referring to the Moto community. Because yes. that is something that is amazing. And every time I've traveled, Great you meet people along the way and you're just instant. Instant like, friends. Exactly. We're instant friends. Exactly. Isn't the moto community the best? I, yes. And I don't believe everyone in the moto community is good. But that, that base foundation that we love a machine that's just so dangerous and so exciting. And we all love it so much. It's like it, that's the start of our friendship. We have something it, majorly common, in common. Exactly, Most of them are good. It's a common denominator. But plenty of the good ones are stupid. Well, there's a lot of the... Um, there's a lot of the yuppies that got into motorcycle riding that don't <laughs> oh. stop for someone well, broken down that I don't like those kind uh, of Yeah, people. but when you're on the road, like when I'm on the highway and getting off to get gas and I see other bikers, there's always like an exchange of information mm-hmm. or... Where you riding at? All the riding, good roads. Just checking in. Those are travelers. I want to speak to uh, like the one of the, I think the second thing you said a minute ago though, um, about like you said, you're running away from your problems and that i was too but it's there's a lot of a lot of um shame often comes along with that like like oh i'm running we're supposed to face our problems blah 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 i think there's a big value uh and it sounds like it sounds like you you seem to get this there's a big value in doing something interesting and engaging to take your mind off the problems long enough that for them to move into the past so you can process them that is it's we don't have to face everything head on right away and i'm, and I'm depressed right it. now because i'm not on the road if i was on the road i'm yeah. too busy surviving yeah, i get that i have to i have to feed myself and water and i have to choose my roads and i have to find somewhere to sleep i'm too busy to, to care about anything else and so it's like i'm not really running away anymore i started out that way but now it's more of i find the healing in camping and motorcycling and sharing this life is, is so mm-hmm. important to me like i spend I, I this is a job to me i spend enough time on my social media and websites that it's a full-time job but i enjoy it it's worth it i meet great people i have a great support system i've made a support system that other people can use it's not just me and you know so i there's problems and i'm, I'm just kind of wasting time until they they get a little easier to deal with and i find maybe i'll find a new way to deal with them but uh, yeah, no, so definitely. When are you planning on taking off on this next trip? So I've gotten complicated here in San Jose with a guy. Uh, I caught feelings. Um, <laughs> trying to make it work out. I was kind of kind of trying to home base in San Jose. Uh, at least some friends like come back to some people who know me. It'd be nice because I don't really have that anywhere. Yeah. Uh, and I met him by accident, so like he's kind of delayed me a bit. I'm a little quite a bit behind on my fund. I need ten grand. Well, I don't need, but that's my goal is yeah. 10 grand. I've got two right now. Um, eight grand in pocket for when I go, and I need and two grand to go into the bike. So, you know, to do the maintenance and the work and the parts I need. And the eight grand is suspected 
25,000 miles at $5 a gallon at 55 miles to the gallon, which is probably low. I should get more than 55 miles to the gallon. Oh, you should that easily get more than that. And you can take, take 20 bucks off that list because we gave you some wheel bearings that we found in the shop. You did. For you did. your XR200. <laughs> so that's the gas money, the food money. Yeah. Um, I'd like to have enough to stay 8 to 12 months. Um, we'll see how it goes. Like, I could get into Mexico and my bike gets stolen and I'm back in the U.S. with $8,000 and I'll probably just go to Australia. I'll change. So, you know, I'm very open-minded. I'm not linear. I just adapt to my situation and keep going. That's I've, that's my other prediction that you're just going to keep going and it's going to turn into a world tour. It is a world tour. I'm yeah. just starting in the world. I, exactly. I thought... I've met some travelers that are like, hey, I've never really done anything at home, but I've been to all these countries. And I'm like, you should know your home before you go. Yeah. And when I went to the Philippines for a month is when I learned to love my country. We have it so <laughs> easy here. You don't get toilet paper or toilet seats or seeing cert or um i love so, wiping my hand with my butt or my, my butt with my hand it was what? awesome oh actually uh, it's a, a cup a cup of water that's yeah, how they wipe in the philippines hand, though. you can um didn't take I, a shower that I whole just time travel with wet wipes oh i do too I, yeah. I had the baby wipes but like just lacking all those comforts made me appreciate my my country because it's so easy here if I'm hot, I go inside with somewhere they see. And most people don't have AC in the Philippines. There is not an option. You can't just plug your phone in anywhere. I mean, man, it's it was a challenge there. That's why my, my second year anniversary tattoo, it's in Tagalog. Don't ask me to say it, but it means a challenge inside, a danger outside, because I got sexually assaulted while I was there. Uh, not like severely. We didn't actually get into the confrontation, but he tried. Right. And then he realized that I'm taller and bigger than him, and it was not going to go so well for his little tiny ass. I was going to toss him off go the for cliff. The nuts. That's what I did. I was going to toss him off the cliff. Oh, okay. Or that. And then I was going to walk out of town. When for you have night. a cliff, make cliff <laughs> Right. Right. But, uh, you know, it's just learning the differences. That was my breakout country to go from first world to third world and the different men- in mentality. I don't think it's any more dangerous. I just think it's different. Right. Well, I think it is awesome. And I want to remind people what your site site is it's z traveler z e e traveler yeah traveler. one l some 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 languages do two l's in the traveler now you do realize if if she was in england she'd be z traveler <laughs> if i was in australia i'd be zeddy i have a lot yeah. of nicknames water critter baby carrot fire chicken zeddy i i don't know i have so many nicknames. baby carrot that was recent. That was actually last night I got that one. And you know, um, you're welcome to come down here anytime if you want to do some work on your bike. And as I showed you, you got the free gear to choose from. If yeah. There's anything there that you. I, need. I was hoping you guys would keep an eye there's out for me. There's actually helmets do- in there. That's not gonna happen. Don't push it. Don't push <laughs> it. But I uh, I lost my pants in Phoenix last year, so I uh, I need some um waterproof riding pants of oh, decent think- quality. We got some climb pants in that look great on her, but they are vented. Which yeah. vented. My my gear is pants. for. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they'd probably uh-huh. fit you. Mm. Yeah, you got a good look in his eyes. Uh, there, it's There's, not. He's got some I have hip armor. Too. I have hip armor. That's yeah. cheaper than the motorport. I'll tell you what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but anyways, yes. Um, I'd Sacrifice love to come back. Yeah, I mean, I think we've covered such a little little amount of. Yeah, we've just this. scratched the surface. So. I mean, you're two years in, but I still think you're just in the beginning of your, your oh, travels. Still this, a baby. this is a lifestyle, and I am envious of it. And you know, I'm, I look like a baby too. I, I, I look like I'm 12. I, I've only seen your forehead and eyes so far. Yeah, so yeah you too. Like I'm over here, like yeah. it's kind of weird. There are piercings. There we go. There's, there's yeah, I've covered in piercings and tattoos. And actually, if you're scared of people treating you differently because of the way you look, it's all about the smile. Yeah, I agree mm. with you. So I want to try and play a little game. Cool, blimey. And um, since we've got three people here, Mm. 
Is this Let's paper? Do, I mean, I'm counting five. If I am, I like seeing double. Well, Emma can't ears. play because she knows the answer. And I think it's cheater. Oh, I see. So here's I what I'm gonna do. I think I'm just gonna I go. Know. Here's what we're gonna do. I'm, I'm just gonna laugh at you all. Okay. <laughs> She's judging. So us. this is a new game, yeah, and this game is called Let's Be Honest. Uh oh. I have a problem with okay, that. Okay, no, already. no. Just hold. I need more alcohol. I'm a problem let's, with that. I'm too honest. Let's be honest because many of the bikes that we all ride and are familiar with. They're not actually honest. They're not what they seem, you know. I thought you were going to say they're not actually very nice. (laughs) You're talking to somebody who owns a Gucci. That's probably about the most They're like dating profiles. You're taller and sexier than they Here's how we're going to do. We're going to start with Henry and we'll go around the room. (laughs) Uh And I'm going to call this over under. So, Henry, here's how the game works. Hmm. I'm going to name a bike. And each of these bikes has a number in the title that you assume is the CCs oh. of the <laughs> Don't trust Tom. Like, I'm going to tell you, and you have to try and guess what the actual CCs are. And then if you do not get it right, I'll let the other two go for over or under. Sounds so right. All right. So, so you get it wrong, so I get to play. Let's start with, all right, something simple. This is a bike a lot of people here have. The Honda XR650R. How many cc's is it? Is it? Are we saying over and under, or are we he has to guess, number? and you guys get to? He has to, to guess, guess the cc. Do we have How many number? cc's is a Honda XR650R? I actually do not know this one, but if I was because it's a Honda, if I was to guess, I would say probably like six forty-one cc's would, or something like can that. Can I give a guess too? Okay, so that is incorrect. So now. All right, Z and Isaac, you get to guess over or under 641. Uh, I think it's 648 or 637. I think it's under. I, I was going to go 649. I think it's, six, yeah, 648. It is 649. Bam! Oh, right go. on. Booyah! <laughs> In your face. I'm just kidding. Is my bike I'm on really there? humble, Because I know my bike. No, no, that's cheating. That's too easy. Here's another one. Um, a favorite in the garage. The KTM 990 Super Duke. How you mean, many? You mean the Isaac, Super Duke? How many cc's is it? Um, I think it's. I believe it'll the same for my 990 SMT. Yeah, I think so. Or the 990 Adventure. 987. Ooh, that is a good guess. Incorrect. All right, you two want to guess over or under? That's an actual 990, I think. And Z, your guess? Uh, 989. Very close. It's a 999.8. Oh, oh wow. point eight. I think that's true. 999.8. Nope. That means KTM's a little humble. They're 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 they undersizing themselves. Well, let's go with the Yamaha R1. 998. That is correct. Yeah. But it wasn't your turn. You want So <laughs> you get <laughs> one million points. <laughs> well, now you guys can just shout out the answers. Here's an iconic bike. The Honda CB750. 748. We're talking about the original single CB750 single cam. Incorrect. Uh, 757? I know Incorrect. the answer. I One more guess? Anyone? Uh, uh, 742. 736. That is correct. Ooh. 736? Woo! Can you believe that CB750 is actually 736? I see. I kind of have a little bit of a problem with They're this. They're fluffing. They're so fluffing. I have a problem with this. Can I? Can that's, I? That's the Honda problem, right? All right. There. So that the CB750. Yeah, you, know you know what my SD1100 is? Wait. What? Guess what my SD1100 is? Uh, 10. That's pretty bad. 52. 1048. 
Oh, that's worse yeah. than my Gucci. Yeah. Oh, right. I got dusted by a Triumph uh, Rocket Three today. It was it was like Ouch. it sounded like a uh, it sounded like a Mercedes diesel. You know what hurts your ego <laughs> is when you're in the left lane. Oh, it didn't hurt my ego. No, at no, all. Was this awesome. was a different story. I was riding in the left lane and one of those tiny cars passed me. <laughs> the smart. And car. I was going like 80, 85. Well, and I'm like, I didn't even think they could go that fast. Yeah, that actually, the guy just like I thought it was a Harley, and then I heard this like sound of a diesel, and it just went <laughs> past me, Ooh. and I have never felt so inadequate and so, <laughs> and so turned on at the same time it's worse than a, when wow. a riced out honda civic beats you on your bike <laughs> you got yeah, beat by a racer. all right you guys bagel's not here but i i'm guessing he would know the answer how about a vespa gts 300 ie how many cc's is it 287 no that's a good that's probably what i was gonna 293 all right 296 so, 278. Ooh. Ooh. Yep. I know, right? They're jipping us. All right, here's another one that's interesting. <laughs> so you, you may be familiar that m- most Harley Davidsons are measured by cubic inches because they are not a metric cruiser. Uh, They're American, cubic inches. American. Except for these sportsters. Oh. <laughs> of course. I think we all know right? that. Right? The sportsters refer to, you got an 883, mm-hmm. right? But there's another type of sportster one specifically that evil knievel road the xr 750 how many cc's is it mm. 777 oh. 762 uh, mm. close, close that's close. the same as my my magna was a 750 it was a 748 all right here's that's a hard one so um for some of us older people who wrote in the 80s we remember <laughs> the, mumble, mumble, the mumble. kawasaki 454 ltd how many cc's is it oh belt drive i do they like had belt. belts in the 80s oh yeah yes oh, I yeah. how would they keep their pants oh. up right. if they didn't the kawasaki 454 LTD, <laughs> the little little cruiser how many cc's those things it? were awesome uh, I don't even know what one looks like. Oh, they're unspeakably ugly. 442? <laughs> like the Versus? Oh, far worse than the Versus. <laughs> Man. It like mon- worse right. than Always than making the shot. Right, you guys, we're going to go back to looks over like under. She gets 442. Right? You guys want to guess over or under? Wait, what was this called again? The Kawasaki 454 LTD. 454. I'm going to guess 454. That's correct. Ah. <laughs> so my they bike, were honest. If you make it super specific, it better be. You better so be my bike is a Honda CB 500X, four seventy one. See, he knows it. <laughs> they're they're really fluffing. That's that's twenty nine cc's off. It is indeed. All right. So cc's. here's where it gets really interesting. I got a couple interesting ones. Let's go with the um, BMW R eleven hundred GS. 1054. 11.02. I'm going to go over, but I don't know what. It's actually a 10.85. Oh. So the 1100 is actually 10.85. Then then they came out with the... See, 10.85 actually sounds okay. I think it sounds better than 1100. Then they came out with the new and improved BMW R1150. I'm saying GS. It could have been any of them. They used the same engine. But the R1150, how many cc's was it? 11.47. Wait, was that the 11, one that 46. was 1154 11, <laughs> 11, or 1151 or something like that? 1130. Oh, oh come on. I know. The 1150 was to actually BMW. Come on. Okay, but it gets better. Now, the current bike, the R1200. How many cc's is it? 
eleven twenty. Eleven sixty. <laughs> and and a lot of people may not realize when they went from the eleven fifty to twelve hundred, it was a completely different bike. It lost like fifty pounds in weight. It was right. a game on a changer. Diet. So how many CCs is the R twelve hundred? Eleven sixty. You're close. Eleven seventy. Ooh. Okay. That, so that's actually it's closer not. to the fi- it's closer to fifty than twelve. <clears throat> so all right. I got uh, three yeah, more for you. And then, <laughs> uh, four more for you. Uh, this one is interesting. The Kawasaki Z1000. I know this one. The, the Ninja 1000. Oh, the Ninja. Well, no, the Z, sorry, the Z1000. Now, well, this the, bike the Z1000 has been made. The Z1000 of the same engine, The right? one that the Johnny Chrome has, right? Uh, Which one are we talking about? The 77? No, 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 no. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, three and newer. Oh, bloody. Mm. I don't know that. The, oh, what? The, the Z1000. <laughs> oh, what, like what Mike has? How many, how many CCs? Oh, do you guys see? It might be 997. Mm. 996. 992. 998. Well, here, 992? Here's where it gets really That's interesting. So the Kawasaki Z1000, they've been making them since 03 until 2016. 03 to 09, it was 953 cc's. Wow. <laughs> but from uh, 2010 to 2016, 1,043 cc's. Whoa. It hmm. went up 90 cc's, but they did not change the name. It's always been the Z1000. I just don't get why they don't use the numbers that they actually Yeah, because it kind of sounds good. Because the, like, because the 1,043 sounds like shit. Now, well, that's have, my oh, point. No, that's an insurance thing. That's an insurance this, thing, though, probably. This is my point. Let's just be honest. Right. I like the 454. They're honest. Ducati does a good job. The 916. The yes, 954. I think they intentionally right. designed their engines so, to have cool-sounding right. displays. I've got three more for you. I'm actually going to make a really sexist joke. It has to be a man thing, because you know they're like, oh, I'm a solid eight, and you're like, yeah, you're five and a half on a good day. <laughs> <laughs> you missed it, Z. Um, a couple years ago when we were doing the podcast, um, I thought it would be beneficial to men who often compare themselves oh, to one another great. based upon penis size, that instead oh. of using inches, start Just using cc's. <laughs> And I, go, I, I've got a, I've got an R one thousand in my in my pants. You know, and like, I think like, the biggest person had like a medium size. So I had scooter. everyone measure. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do it in centimeters? There was no, CCs. it was CCs. There was CCs. So CCs. Okay. I think like two fifty. Everybody, we were like, there was a bunch of uh, groms rocking around. Yeah, basically. exactly. <laughs> right. So what? By Speaking right. of which, so I had somebody stoppy a grom on the test today. Uh, he got it. He got the rear wheel a foot in the air. That's nice. nice. That's pretty yeah. impressive. All right. Actually. I got yeah, three it was more. Not intentional, but it was great. Three more bikes for you, and these are three that are often compared and emma i'll let you jump in on this one if you want so i've what we've got here on the table is the kawasaki ninja 300 the honda cbr 300 and the yamaha r3 oh so let's start with the cbr 300 how many cc's is it I know that thing's low. It's around the 250 mark, but I don't know the. Uh, it's got to be over 250 because no, they raised it from two. It's got because yeah. they raised it from a CBR 250 like to a CBR 286. Exactly 286. I must have read that somewhere. All right, let's talk about the Ninja 300. 297? Um, 296. You're yeah. on it. All right. Kawasaki's. I, I'm actually forward. very big into the baby bikes now. How about the R3? Well, now the R3 is actually written on the fairing. 
So yes. I there seen are one. three. How many cc's is it? Now we already know three. that the CBR is two eighty six and the Ninja is two ninety six. Uh, three twelve. Keep going. Three oh three. I mean three oh six. Keep going up. Three twenty. Yep. Three twenty one. Yeah. Three twenty one. Three twenty one. But Cleveland Moto did a side by side of CBR three hundred yeah. and the R three right, and they really didn't like the R three. When? Really? Yeah. It's a di- there mean, was something about it that they they liked the pull of the CBR a lot more. There was something they liked about the R three, but overall they liked the CBR. CCs don't really matter as much as people think that it's the engine design. It it is the design of the engine, and you know it's it it's very interesting. You know, talking about the um, Z ones, the original Z one thousand, which basically was an upgraded Z nine hundred Z one. Z1 903cc. 1977, they came out with a Z1000. 1015cc. And that was the original size. Now, Suzuki were even more interesting. They brought out the GS1100, which was 1074. And then in 1983, they changed the engine completely, called it a GS1150 in America. In England, it stayed the GS1100, and it became 1135. How many years was it between when the first one came out and when they updated it? The GS1100? Yeah. Four. That's got to be a record. Does anyone know what the original adventure bike was? Well, it depends on your point of view. Whatever you ride off-road. Whatever you have an adventure on. Charlie, and I tell people, Charlie's like, F-C6R. Hold on. Har- Harleys and Indians were adventure bikes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Although the new Harley adventure bike, have we discussed the new Harley adventure bike? I mean, like, you know, and then the lighter oh. Triumph scramble. Who's the first one to it do a, like a dirt bike, a, a stand, able to stand on your bike dual sport? Like, who was the first person? They did person? that on Harleys. Did they? And oh, Indians yeah. and yeah. Hendersons They just keep getting better and better and better. I would argue that the 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 the, the, <laughs> the Harley Pan America looks like shit. They're the, not okay, yeah, totally. The, like the it looks closest like a incarnation to adventure bikes that we've got now are the street scramblers from back in the late sixties. Hmm, interesting. Yeah. So if if you've got like a BSA Firebird street scrambler or a Triumph Adventurer, well, they were a little bit later. They were seventy four. Yeah, but, but the street scramblers of the day—that's kind of a modern incarnation because it's got high pipes, knobby tires, bash plate, mm. mm-hmm. but it's still basically a road-oriented bike that you can ride on fire trails mm-hmm. because but they were exclusively for america it was you could buy them in england even though they're english bikes but they were far more common here well since uh, since bmw is known for having adventure bikes i think their first the gs wasn't that the 800 yeah but that yeah. didn't come along till like right. the late 70s but so the the bmw adventure bike that we know started with 800 in in the 70s that might be what people would refer to as kind of the modern no i refuse to accept that yeah. it was the brick i was gonna say the uh, horizons unlimited they started on a bmw and they've actually they they created a community that if you don't ride a bmw you I mean, can't go for an adventure look, look when at did it, you're all i mean you're all is an adventure bike. <laughs> no it's true not. There's people. Yeah, there's there's a whole family going across it. If you can't Europe take your row there, you can't take anything. Exactly. There. I, I mean, every, doing that everything's an adventure Europe. bike. But speaking of adventure bikes, I want to get into mm-hmm. a little bit of news. Mm-hmm. Charlie and Ewan are doing it again. Are they yep. really? Yep. They are. They're planning a trip called the Long Way Up. 
and they are going to be going. Riding to the moon. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to go do Chile, Argentina, Bolivia, Peru, Ecuador, Colombia, Central America, Mexico, North America, and Alaska. Now, if they're taking that trip, where do you think that's going to send them through? Here. Wow. Just might. We're not sure yet, but just might. So, and I know a lot of people, a lot, a lot of people have beef with them because it's not real adventure riding. You were saying <laughs> that to you. So it's not that bad. But, but, it's but, not that bad. But, we are. I think we're all excited about this because they inspire. They inspire so many. people, and, and they're changing the culture because mm-hmm. we've got such a bad rap from the one percenters and the sports bikes doing wheelies, lane splitting. Yeah. So to see someone doing something awesome in motorcycles and making people realize that it's it's just a, it's a machine that we do cool things on, and the machine doesn't define us. And I can tell you this: I met Charlie at the Legend of the Motorcycle, which was what two thousand and seven. Yeah, I saw him there too. Um, and I met him. I was back then. I smoked quite heavily, and I was outside, and he pinched a couple of my cigarettes. <laughs> and he is a solid bloke. He really is. I mean, well, it, Char- like Charlie yeah. Borman is a legit guy. The only reason I say that I can't say that about uh, Ewan is I've never met him, but I've met Charlie, and he is a he's a solid bloke. I've seen um, Ewan at the Legend. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I don't. I don't think he was yeah. there. No. Yeah, I've seen him there. There's actually the a first year. I do. Have Charlie a, was there the second year. I do oh, have a little okay. bit of envy that they they're getting paid to do what they're doing. Yeah, that is oh. true. I mean, I've had a lot of people be like, "Why aren't you getting sponsored?" And it's because I don't want someone telling me what to do. But it would be nice to have some kind of income from what I'm doing. And right. again, you'd have easier. to ride a 700 pound adventure bike too. So, well, here's and <laughs> right. here's here's the big question. Because if you recall, it was a big debate as to what bikes they would do it on. Originally, they wanted to be on KTM's, uh-huh. but KTM didn't want to give it to them because they. They were afraid it could make them look bad and that's when bmw came in so they originally did the first trip on the 1150 gs and then the second trip on the 1200 so the question is what bikes are they going to ride this time they're going to do Harley it on pan the, america well here's the thing oh don't even <laughs> they're going to do it on those new bmw here's the thing charlie is an ambassador for triumph yeah oh that'd be cool and ewan has worked with moto guzzi oh the bikes are actually going to work well so <laughs> It'll be very interesting so to hate. see. Who knows? Maybe they'll end up on Africa Twins. It'll be very interesting to see. <sighs> but we can challenge. say, not only did they inspire people, but I think that was the impetus for the GSs to really take off. That's mm. when everyone really wanted a GS. When I was in uh, that 6,000-mile 6 6, trip I did in July, I did eight national parks in the, in the States and four in Canada. And when I'm out there in those remote areas, I'm seeing majority adventure bikes now. It's absolutely. I saw more mm-hmm. adventure style mm-hmm. motorcycles, and I did Harley's up and you know going to the road sun and Beartooth. Well, this can be a they're big getting, move. Whoever cool. whoever's bikes they're riding, and there's a lot of capable bikes. Yeah, it would be. Um, you know, Triumph. They, sh- the company should be pining Honda, for this. Even even the yeah. Yamaha, the Tenere. There's a lot of yeah. decent bikes to do this on, so it'll be very interesting. I was going to say, it would be it's funny if they did it on like vintage bikes, like a, right. <laughs> or, or older bikes, like an old uh, Triumph Tiger or a Moto Guzzi Coda uh, or something I just like wanna that. Do, I want to see them doing something that's not even designed for adventuring. Well, hey, that's guys. That's a real adventure. If, if you want to try exactly. it on a CB150F from Pakistan, I can help you get that. There you go. Best bike for touring. I'll do it. So, um, but so yeah, you should never underestimate the power of of something like that to inspire. I mean, if you go back to 1969, 
People have no idea how much the movie Easy Rider just changed the landscape of motorcycling throughout the, the world. It changed it. And the thing is about Easy Rider, we know it's an iconic film now, and it it's regarded as the movie. But when it was made, it was kind of a B-movie. <laughs> you know, the actors weren't that well known. Nobody knew what it was going to do. It was just a story. It was a story about a couple of guys who did a drug deal, got some money, and rode across America. You know, this isn't the subject for a blockbuster right. when it was being made. And it turned into this thing that just completely changed the culture of biking overnight. And so the influence of Long Way Round and then Long Way Down really has had far, far-reaching implications. So I'm, I'm glad that it's coming back, and we'll see. This will just keep the whole... Uh, I would do a movie, but it'd be so boring, so it'd be me reading a book in my hammock half the time. <laughs> that sounds so, interesting. And in, in, in other news... I was so bored, I, wrote a, I read a Jody Picoult book while I was... Well, See, I'm prepared. I have lots of good books uh, to read. In other news, I, I like to take naps. Too. They they announced at um, actually the Quail Motorsports Gathering yes. this weekend that Curtis Motors, those, those guys, remember, Curtis was Confederate, and Confederate made these very high end custom bikes that sold for like what hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand, seventy thousand, eighty thousand dollars. Really expensive, but beautiful, well made craftsmanship. The whole thing. But they realized the market wasn't supporting them, and they changed their whole plan. That's and they got right. into electric bikes, and they changed their name to Curtis, taking their name from the Curtis motorcycles of the what 1920s, 19 no 1900s, 1910s, yeah, 1915s, yeah. yeah. Um, so they first announced the the Curtis Zeus, which was the first. Uh, I think they're calling it an E twin. Yep. E-twin bike using two zero motors. Are they still using zero motors? Mm -hmm. Oh, wow. But now they've just announced the new Curtis Hera. And this thing is weird looking. It looks like a handgun. Is it the you top think one the, or the Zeus bottom didn't one? look the weird? The new one, the new one is the top one. Oh, wait. No, oh, you're bottom one. Yeah, mine's the yeah. bottom one. New yeah. one looks like a handgun. This in a is sort of very weird way. interesting. It looks like the Tron cycle. Where, where people are, are still <laughs> still not yet embracing electric, Curtis is t building a bike that doesn't look like a motor. So can you can you doesn't put, look like can anything. you put panniers and a windshield on it because then I'm sold. Yeah, for real. Where are the foot pegs? <laughs> it actually kind of looks like the old like, Curtis V8. Uh, are the foot pegs well, back? on that's the rear exactly wheel? what they modeled it after. Was the old V8, and this one looks like a V8 motor. Yeah, a V8 electric batteries. Curtis. Yes. Is this like a laying down, like a sports but, bike no, wait, design wait, no, for seating position? No, it's going to be like a power cruiser, I think. No, but that's not. The those aren't the so motors. Far back. Well, they're the batteries, but it's made yeah. to look like the motor. Exactly, it's the batteries mm -hmm. that are in the form of the V8. I mean, the motor is above the rear wheel, so you know, I mean, it's an interesting concept. That front end, I remember they put on. It wasn't the Hellcat. It was they. They did a concept bike which had that front end on it, like. 15 years ago and I wish I could remember what it was I mean it was Sportster based but I mean the drive looks interesting fuck I don't know yeah I'd like to ride one I just want to experience it that's for sure it's certainly been interesting looks like it would be a little uncomfortable on the nads 
It like yeah. I'm pretty sure that seat is bare metal. <laughs> well, I just want to know, yay or nay? Do you guys like the design? Nope. Do you like the way that the direction that Curtis is going? Mm, I like that they changed their name, but otherwise, nope. So long as you love your bike, it's great. I love my bike. It's the best bike in the world. Everyone else sucks. I, <laughs> I mean, I like their, I like they're going electric. I'm not personally a fan of this design. It looks absurdly impractical. Well, is this, is this actually be, like final not, design, or is this still conceptual? It's not very aesthetically. Pleasing, well, to be personally. fair, though, look at the old Confederates. Like they you know, the engineering on them is amazing. But if you look at it in a whole, it was not a very, in my opinion, a very good-looking motorcycle. But it had enough things that were in it and like engineering porn that it was cool and i think that's what curtis is sort of keeping on with the bikes looking forward and they are looking forward that's the thing i i think it's really brave and bold what they're doing yeah i do want to test ride one really bad yeah they're pretty cool um the new hera is scheduled for two years out okay that's yeah. uh the 2020 will also be the uh new harley Pan America. It's yeah. Everything's <laughs> coming. Up. By which time it will already be dead. So hey, let's get to some emails. Email time. And I want to start with one here, and um, this is from Mark Luther. Hey, Mark Luther. And he says, uh, just listen to number two seventy one, the Moto Bay classic that was last week. Yeah. This is very interesting and entertaining. There was a section that piqued my interest: the Moto Cops. I am a member of Central Midwest Hog number two seven nine three, so. I ride a lot and always interested in improving my skills. We have a few members that are riding instructors through Harley-Davidson. Dealers mm. around the country are starting to open training centers called Rider's Edge. Talking to them, I learned of a place that actually does civilian training to do the kind of riding that the cops do. Okay. Because we were talking to them, yeah, why yeah, isn't yeah. this training for civilians? It's, it's a very... I'm actually getting trained to do that. Right. It's a unique technique. And so he says their website is proridermc.com. Again, that's ProRiderMC.com. They have training centers in several states. Uh, they also have an online class that he got. He says um, he's retired. Um, I, he says, I am GM retired, so I work all the time, from time to time, and have not gotten out very much to apply the techniques, but have been trying to get out and improve. Just thought you'd be interested. Give it a look. Well, thank you very much. So ProRiderMC.com. I think this is something that uh, that is good for people to be taught. And oh, for sure. Isaac, I mean, you know, you need to start throwing out some orange cones and get them doing the I, Gymkhana. I, the, so in California, if you take the Harley Riders Ed program, it's the exact same as what I teach. You just take it on the Harley Street Rod 500, which, not to toss Harley under the bus, but is the worst cornering bike I've ever right. been on. <laughs> It, it's like I tried to lean like it's it's so stable in a straight line and then I tried to lean it in and I was like lean in and I was like no <laughs> I don't want like, but the, you bike, know, the bike like pushed our, back at me our fascination with the cops with these these 900 pound road glides and then they dive Both into the in corners fine. and they leave it yeah. and turn it hard up against the lock the yeah, 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 it's yeah. amazing oh, to yeah. watch they no, just it's chuck really them crazy. about it's they beautiful. burn through rear brakes like you would not believe oh I can imagine it's, yeah I, I, I I, I'm at the point where I can do a peg drag tight turn on my ST, but I would love well, to try we'll it. Well, we'll have to bring the out the broomstick and a cone. I a can't do that. I dumped it last time I tried that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Henry, what do you got there? I have one titled Gage McAllister. Yes, we talked to Gage. Oh, Gage! So it says, Hi, Misfits. It's toll free. 
it's tall Pete from McCoola, Washington. Sorry, I can't. <laughs> hey, tall Pete. I'm not going to attempt to. Why don't you move to somewhere pronounceable, eh? I'm not going to attempt to say that. Anyway, I really enjoyed last week's <laughs> podcast about Roland Sands' Moto Bay Classic. Thanks. But wanted to fill you in on Gage McAllister. He is much too humble as, as he is more than just a good writer. He is a multiple-time national champ. He just lost... He just locked up his fifth consecutive AMA Supermoto Pro national title, and he also won the inaugural KTM RC390 Cup Series in Moto America in 2015. And those are two completely different riding styles. Right. He rarely gets beat on a Supermoto bike, and is arguably the best Supermoto racer currently in the United States and probably one of the top riders in the world. Just wanted to fill you in, as I don't think Supermoto racers get enough attention. I used to race SM with Gabe's dad out in... Gabe's dad and Roland a long time ago. Cool. Tell Nock he has to stop giving handies in the alley and get his <laughs> super, get his uh, XR 650R out there and race some time. Keep up the great work. Pete. Thanks, now, Pete. I, Listen, Pete, a couple of things. Um, not giving handies in the alley, that's his lifestyle, so he's not going to give it up anytime <laughs> soon. And I agree. I mean, Gage is an awesome rider. You mm-hmm. can tell when that guy is sitting uh, on a bike... There's just talent oozing I, out of everything. I've, it, he's fast mm, as hell. I wanted to say something. Talent. I didn't mention this in last week's podcast, but when Bax and I were down supporting uh, our friend John Knowles for the Supermoto Racing in Prim, Gage McAllister was there, and he was always the top rider. He was competing with another guy. Oh, no surprises there. Yeah. He was competing with another guy I actually saw there at the Moto Bay Classic. I think, yeah, Tyler O'Hara was his name. And those two guys are always like the top three in the top three podium for the whole event. And I, they can ride. And I those have bikes. to say, I think Gage McAllister might be the most beautiful man I've ever met. He's the fastest <laughs> riding chick I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly. He's you were so disappointed, weren't you, Liza? He has this very long blonde hair. Like Michael Bolton. And when we were watching the race, I'm like, who is that chick beating all the dudes? I want to go interview her. It was funny. It was like when I saw <laughs> dude. When I saw his hair, I recognized, oh, it's that guy from Prim. I know, I know. So, Isaac, you got an email there to read? Yeah. Uh, what's up? Misfits, Justin here from the Lightning Capital. Hey, I Justin. Yeah, I'm Hello, assuming, Justin. I'm assuming that's Florida. I, I guess. I'm, that's my best guess. No, that's I haven't been able capital. to do much riding since it literally rains. Scratch that. Thunderstorms, definitely Florida, every day. So since I've had so much free time, I've been brushing up on my motorcycle history. And I had one for Miss Emma's history hole and for everyone as well. I was, we were. Yeah, I was curious and I haven't heard y'all talk about uh, about it much. What is your opinion on Buell motorcycles and the history behind them? Oh, those guys! Oh, I rode a Buell my first time recently. Dan has one, the guy who has the house that I stay in. I felt like a monkey fucking a football on that thing. <laughs> the ergonomics were ridiculous, what but Buell? I was going 70 all of the time. Like, not even trying. Those bikes just go. Yeah. You yes. know, it's it's kind of a tragic story, and the we'll save it for another time. But it's 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 a very bittersweet story. I think that's a good. That would be a good history. You know, it might. I, is Eric Buell even still alive? Yes, he is. Yes. Well, let's get him on the show. That'd be the easiest thing. Let's yes. see. Eric, we'd love to talk about show. your failures. Yeah. <laughs> no. Well, I'm, yeah. a, I'm no. a fan of Buell motorcycles for all their faults. No, when when they first came out, there was a <laughs> That's documentary. That's because you love weird things. If you well, like, if, yeah. If you like, you're like, are there no parts for it? I like it. <laughs> if you like motorcycle documentaries, when they first came out with the Buell, they did a documentary, the whole process of building the engines and everything, and they're, right. they're taking Harleys and sport bikes and and using like cardboard and trying to figure 
figure out how to get it cooled and doing all this stuff. It's a fascinating documentary. And they were working with Porsche design, wasn't it? Yep. Yep. I think think for a while, but you know, Eric Buell went his own way with so many things. I mean, if you're using the swing arm of a bike as an oil reservoir, that's left brain thing. That is really weird. He was one of the early engineers on the VR1000 project, right? I mean, he dropped off from that, but Uh but he's... And he's the reason the... um, the Sport Glide, the FXR, the one that all the yeah, Harley the guys FXR. like. Yeah, that's an Eric Bill design frame. That's why those things handle so well. So, you know, there's more to this than me. Yeah, thank you, thank I'm, you I'm, for I'm the suggestion. that guy's Plus, challenge and we'll I mean, do a history I am I firmly mean, of the opinion that Buell enthusiasts are fetishists. Yes. <laughs> that's not a bad thing, and I'm not kink-shaming, but it's a fetish. But, I mean, you listen to interviews with Eric Buell, though. He just has passion, just Got just coming out of his mouth whenever he talks about motorcycles. Emma, yeah. that's our kind of guy. You got an email? And not right sales. There? I do indeed. <laughs> I am holding an email here from James Ball. Hey, James. Hi, Liza and Emma. So the rest of you can uh, all go, so the rest of you can <laughs> all go to hell. Thank you. Hello from the West Midlands, England. Oh, he's my kind of guy already. As an owner of a 2018 Royal Enfield Bullet, I was very excited to join you both in delving into this particularly deep hole. Good to hear some Royal Enfield love from you both. It's definitely a brand that gets overlooked. I agree with you there, James. Um, I have to agree with Emma. Well, he's a very smart young man. The latest bikes do seem to be of decent quality, and they are. I mean, Royal Enfield. Are they now? Yeah. That's good. All I know is about the Himalayan. I mean, if you're in India, you can ride them everywhere because you can fix them on every street corner. But Right, like, exactly. It's And it's a very aspirational bike in India. Yeah. But the the quality of the bikes that are appearing now, I mean, they really are. They're not quite up to Japanese standards yet, but they're getting there. They're at least not leaking um, from the oil cases. I ride past Redditch every day and took my bike test there. Now, Redditch was the original home for Royal Enfield. Um, uh. In town, there's now a pub called the Royal Enfield with some bikes on display. And he sent us a link for that, which is great. I'm really proud of India for keeping this British icon alive and I love how it's now become an Indian icon it has indeed back then it was a sturdy affordable commuter today guess what exactly the same it's one of the cheapest new 500 bikes you can buy in England it looks awesome and gets 90 mpg easily what wow. you dream of 90 what? mpg Isaac man I get 46 there you, sorry, you get less than that mate. no I get 46 my best was 75 okay saves me a bunch of money and I look shit hot doing it <laughs> if only in my mind. Actually, he sent us a charming picture, and James, you are adorable, darling. You do look shit. No, you're not going to see it yet. I'll show it you in a moment. In the in the manual, the copywriters have proudly written the Royal Enfields are made with state-of-the-art technology, <laughs> which is um, it's perhaps a bit of a stretch. State of the twenties technology. Um, however, <laughs> yeah. we put lightning in a bottle. Exactly, but he's got electronic fuel injection. Disc brakes front and back and ABS. Wow, disc So they're ahead of Suzuki. Yes, all of what you need and none of what you don't. (laughs) Keep it up, guys. The podcast is awesome. And now, Isaac, I will show you a picture of James with his beloved Royal Enfield. There you are. Look look at his smile. He's a nice-looking guy. I want to see before you pass it. Oh, by the way... The Buell uh, 1190... Oh, that's hot. The 1190 RX, how many cc's was it? The... Eleven ninety because he is honest. I don't. I've got don't, one for you. I don't know any Honda RC fifty one or RTV one thousand. How many CCs? RC fifty one. Yeah, RC fifty one doesn't have it in the title. 
But no, RTV 1000 is also what it was known as. Okay. Uh, this is it like nine fifty something. Nine nine six. What oh, was it? Okay, I was gonna guess. No wait, what do you? No, that's not something? the answer. Nope. Any other guesses? Nine seventy two. Nope. One thousand seven. Nine nine nine. Oh. Mm. There you go. Royal almost Enfields. honest. Royal, almost honest. Royal Enfields are really good. Whoa. I thought he was me for a second. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, he's got the Isaac thing going That's on. That's why he's over there staring uh, so at himself. My, my, uh, my, my co-instructor likes to make fun of me for my, my beard. He's, he calls it an Amish beard. He got me, <laughs> he got me a little Amish hat the other day. Very That's nice. Awesome. It, was great. it was great. So, um, thanks, up, James. Upcoming You're very things. Very handsome, James. Upcoming things. There's a thing coming up that is interesting that sadly I won't be able to attend because it's down in Southern California. That's good mm-hmm. But speaking of our friend, uh, racer Johnny Knowles mm-hmm. who had that accident and ended up losing his I guess he got part of his finger taken off oh yeah Just yeah, yeah, yeah by the handlebar right. end well he's getting back on the bike again okay nice but not his normal race bike <coughs> this is so he he told me <laughs> coming up um, uh, the weekend of the first and second so next weekend He's doing a 24-hour mini bike enduro race at Willow Springs, <laughs> and he says it's it's the it's a world-class mini bike race, and there's teams oh from all over over the world. So if you get sleepy and crash, there's like very low consequences. This is awesome. I don't know, but so he <laughs> is getting throwing a leg over bike, getting back on and riding in a right mini on. bike 24-hour mini bike endurance race. So he's gonna come on after that and talk about it. I I didn't even know this thing existed. Yep. This sounds fascinating. An iron back. And he may have a pitch, uh, pit bitch to help him out, too. Oh, who's I like that? The, I like the mini bike <laughs> stuff. I follow uh, Ed March, the C90 guy. Oh, he's so great. Because I keep having people telling me, the XR can't make it down there. And I'm like, have you seen the guy that did the C90? I'm pretty oh, sure the yeah. XR 200 can do mm-hmm. Yeah, he did, he did a lecture at the museum. Your I point used to is, right up. Your point is there's all kinds of crazy. Oh, yeah. You yeah. just got to rock your own crazy. Before we go, can I, uh, can I say a few things? Yes. So, um, if anyone's ever interested in, in my lifestyle, you can find me on Facebook at ZEE Traveler, mm-hmm. uh, you know, forward slash, you can do the link or you can just search me. The group I'm in that I, I moderates Minimalist Motorcycle Vagabonds, MMV, ZTraveler.com. And I, I'm totally an open book. If you have any questions about my lifestyle, I am um, o- always available to, to help out. I'm here to inspire people. It, it gives me a lot of joy and fulfillment to do that. Um, the website let me know how it goes I, i'm always open if you and anyone knows any way i can make money or you know any opportunities <laughs> for me i'm serious i'll work uh ask knock about that he'll tell you because yeah. like right now it, uh <laughs> kind of bouncing around with staffing agencies but you know if there's anything that people can figure out for me i'm always open you know to new ideas but yeah i really enjoy talking to you guys um i believe that all all strangers are just friends waiting to happen and uh, let the universe take you where you should go. Stop fighting it all the time and you'll have a great life because life is all about perception. It's true. And yeah, thank you for being a great guest. See, my prediction is you're going to get a lot of people dipping their toes into your website in the next few days. I well, hope so. And, and I, rec- I recommend that people look at it because there's a lot of helpful information. You already oh, yeah. figured out what things you don't need and what things do work. Yeah. And I also, in the MMV, is I, I bring people together that have different styles. I, I make it my job to know all the other full-timers and other people who have done serious adventuring and i i bring that together to say like you can have all different types of gear as long as it works for you 
And uh, yeah, my momentum's picking up a little bit. The two years is a big thing. Uh, when I start to South America, I hope to have a larger fan base. And it's not because I want people to send me money. <laughs> I just want coverage. I want people to see that I'm doing a great thing and I want them to be inspired to do great things too. I want to bring positivity into the world. That is a great thing to do. And and since you're going to be heading out on an XR200, so you said you don't, oh, yeah. do you not have dirt bike experience? I started on the street. So, would you like some dirt bike experience? Yeah, I'll take whatever. I mean, I, I get a little bit on the XR200 that my friend Dan has up in the, um, the Stanislaus National Forest. We went for a dirt bike memorial. Well, I think, you, I think you should come out. Uh, I fell in love with it that day. Come out to Hollister with us. Yeah. Uh, next week. I'll invite my uh, some of my people, too. I'll see if Dan wants to go. He's got, um, we've got a gaggle of dirt bikes that we bring, and he's yeah. always open to letting people use them. I hear cool. that more we could actually throttle use some... is the solution to most, most problems. Oh, yeah, and yes. out throttled out. I actually hit a tree and rolled. And I don't wear gear on the street, but I was full geared on the dirt bike. I had chest yes. plate, knees, yes. boots. And I rolled, and I'm like, yeah, that was fun. Yeah, well, let's go Let's go. <laughs> come out to Hollister. Let's do some dirt bike and get some more experience. Yeah, we'll see We'll see how it goes. I have. I, we really suck at planning. Okay. I have no idea what's going to happen any minute of my life, but if... I'm a free. I will be there. And that is the Moto Traveler life. Oh, yeah. Don't, don't make plans. Just take life as it comes at you. Awesome. Well, thanks again for coming. And I'm glad we we're able to make this work. So if you have any interest in living this kind of life, I suggest that you check out her website, her blog, and reach out to her because she's there to help others live this life. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I'll talk on the phone. I can email, text, Facebook, whatever communication works for you. And I'm in San Jose. Uh, I'm not going to give my address on this, but I'm actually a very open person. So if you're in San Jose and you come through or you live there, I am open for meeting. I am a huge fan of tacos and beer. Ah, well, then you f the Recycle Garage is supposed to be on Sundays. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And just a reminder, everyone, you go over to MotorcyclesAndMisfits.com. Find the links to everything there find links to our youtube page and our patreon page and i just want to say thank you to all of our patreon subscribers we got some uh, new people filling those miss emma spots to get the free advice well not free the the, the <laughs> cheap advice on fixing bikes up well no the advice is free all you have to do is become a patreon subscriber right in 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 the and you know it's the the most fulfilling thing to me is i've had some really sticky problems and people have got their bikes running and running well and they write me back and say thank you so much awesome so thank you to all of our patreon subscribers and to all of our listeners we appreciate it and can i say a final hi mm -hmm. before we go you know it's always great i i try and keep my life in separate boxes so i've got the what I do here with the Misfits and then Ask Miss Emma is separate and then my work at Monterey is separate as well. But it's always great when I meet a fan at work. It's always a great treat for me. And um, Dan from Pacific Grove swung by uh, last week. Oh, cool. And um, he's a neat guy. I like Dan. Last time he was here for us was when um, Elspeth Beard. Oh, right, was yeah. around, and Dan was riding that big grey GS. It's an old GS11 going from mm. way back. And he's a neat guy. It's always nice hanging out with Dan. So, hi, mate. Thanks for swinging by and saying hello. And uh, if anyone has any connections with motorcycle magazines or websites, I'm trying to get articles published, not to get paid, but just because I want to get my name out there. Are you a member of the AMA? I am not a member of the AMA. Ooh, well, that's where you start. Toes. 
If you're, a, if, I feel like I'm. I just did something really bad. No, no. We'll, if you're we'll an talk. AMA, no, we'll it's talk. just advantageous. If you're an AMA member, you get like unlimited free motorcycle tows if anything goes wrong. Okay. Um, yeah. So, but they also have a monthly magazine. Yeah, I'd like any magazines that I would love to write an article cool. either about myself or a story, get some pictures, and like I said, it's just for coverage. I like to network. Cool. Awesome. So go over to ztraveler.com, Z-E-E, traveler.com. And while you're there, also check in Motorcycles and Misfits and send us an email. We appreciate it. On that note, I think we're ready to get out of here again. Thank you, everyone, for listening. This is Liza. I miss knock. <laughs> Emma darling. I'm Z. The Gootsie's back. And we're out of here. Cool. Cool. Cool.